The Protect Your Neck Podcast. UFC Las Vegas Breakdown. Picks, plays, and whatever else comes our way. Let's go to work. Hot air hangs like a dead man from a white oak tree. People sitting on porches thinking how things used to be. Dark night. Hey everybody, what's going on? Sorry I'm late. Dan Tom here as I get my name back on the screen here with my creepy little thumbs up. What's going on? Dan Tom, host of this shit show, the Protect Your Neck podcast. Analysts, of course, you've probably seen work on with MMAJunkie.com. Uh, Action Network, other places. Uh, hopefully it's just those two for now. If it's other places they might be stealing, let me know. But uh, yeah, we're here to you know break down high-level MMA, but in a slightly different way. Uh, not really a different way, just in my weird, unique way. As per usual, check the timestamps, folks, if you're listening in the future. Future on Apple uh, Podcasts um, or any other platforms. Still working on getting you the other platforms. I've just been bad about following up on things, as per usual. Um, and if you're, you know, joining me live, appreciate it. Not that I deserve it for being late, but if you want to hit the like button, you can. If not, whatever. I think if you hit the dislike button, it doesn't even show up. And, like, it probably only helps. So, it really doesn't matter what you hit. That being said, you know, try to hit the like button if you're going to hit a button there. Um, subscribe if you want to contribute to the chat. Seeing the usuals already pile in, like my man, Ghost Phantom, uh, and others. So, uh, thank you. I'm going to do the usual walk and talk as I, uh try to get things up and running here. Of course, I am the one-man show. Uh, tried to let you guys know, at least in the live chat there, that I'd be running a little bit late to compress my eyes. Still going through eye issues. Doesn't sound like it's that serious. Um, <clears throat> I don't know. It wasn't too reassuring. Uh, wasn't able to get a prescription uh, update that I need, so my eyes kind of already straining on that end. Because they said something was going on there, so they re re referred me to a general optometrist or whatever, an eye doctor, specialist, whatever, if you will. Went to see them. Everything looked fine just, you know, the day bef before this little sty chalazon or whatever, which I've had before, usually on the upper, popped up on the lower. And um, pain has been down a bit. But yeah, uh, they said sometimes if you say you have eye issues, and also my normal lady who does the, it was like, it was like her daughter, I think, uh, wasn't there. So maybe between those two things, they weren't comfortable with proceeding any further. Maybe they just went on a bad day too, you know, because I, I was having, you know, it was affecting the vision, which I, I've read they can sometimes do. So anybody has any issues with that, if it affected your vision, um, a lower one, let me know. Have to be TMI. Sorry if I'm being TMI here. I'm just trying to kill some time uh, while I post this. I think we're live on YouTube right now, which is pretty cool, or on Twitter right now, which is pretty cool. Uh, yeah, again, check the timestamps from top to bottom. I'm gonna recap UFC 285 first. Um, I'll try to touch on uh, you listener questions before and after that. I don't want to get too tied up. And after the big fights, of course, and then we're gonna be breaking down from. T I'll, I'll be touching on. The top fights from Bellator uh, 292. I don't know how much I'm going to have for you guys because uh, kind of like I uh, I tweeted, uh, you know, again, I, I you know, sacrificing and going through a bunch of bullshit is not enough. 
uh, for the universe to pay the piper. Um, yeah, I, every time uh, you know I'm supposed to post these things, you know, early, I see people like post these things days in advance. Like, how do y'all do that? If you're using like I'm using Ecamm Live for example, do you guys post the show to your YouTube account and then close down that casting program so it doesn't slow your shit down and you don't have the magic eye blinking at you? Like, is it recording me? Is it not? Um, is it all right to change right now, or is this thing like did I accidentally hit? Because that's like my fear, you know, if I set it up too early that I'm going to accidentally hit it, you know, the government could be watching me. And no, honestly, more importantly, my computer, my CPU, uh, 2019 MacBook Pro here, it just runs like god-awfully slow to where like I was like, okay, uh, I got it set up, you know, 3.30 this afternoon. You know, we got three to four hours roughly to go, Dan. You know, you make your smoothie, shower. Okay, maybe that's like an hour, hour and a half off. It takes me a half hour to make my smoothie. It's a real in the ass process but um but yeah like uh you know uh do you want to finally get a workout in this week or, or are you gonna like actually get to look at cool fights not just the ufc slog what they're fucking shoving down our throats very grateful don't get me wrong gonna be able to go to this one live super grateful thanks to a listener shout out to my guy martin uh i don't i won't say it, last names or anything like that want to blow up your spot but uh again Part of the reason why I do this is amazing listeners like yourself. Incredibly grateful, don't get me wrong. But I'm just saying, there's some cool shit going on in Bellator to keep the same energy from a previous podcast about saying to support other organizations, find other organizations that aren't the UFC and get into it. You'd be surprised how much enjoyment you can get. And you can have a little bit of that hipster cred saying, you know, you were onto this fighter first. If that's not your thing, you're here because you're a part of the gambling crowd, which I don't blame you. Well, it benefits you there too. So I'm just trying to keep that same energy. It is really good, but... Um, I'm just trying not to do like the normal, you know, media guy preview where you just touch on the fights, maybe touch on the odds, and you don't really say much else, and you move on. Unfortunately, that's what it's going to probably be today, folks. Um, after I get done doing this, editing it, getting it out, posting it to all the appropriate channels, I'm going to turn the page right over to um, Bellator, who thankfully do four fight main cards, UFC. I should have been more great... I mean, I don't know. I feel like I'm always grateful for shit, and it doesn't matter. Uh, I should have been more grateful for the five-fight main cards. Like, we quietly kind of went back to it, despite the six-fight fitting their whole slog. And filler, 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 content, 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 ultimate filler content every week, every week. Never stop, never stop. Uh, they're back to fucking six-fight uh, main cards. Thankfully, Belt only has four. Um, and uh, very familiar with those fighters. We'll get to those uh, in a bit. But, yeah, I really wanted to... Um, dive deep uh, on a Shabley and a Tofik. Uh, Tofik familiar with, not as familiar with as Shabley, and even that just an excuse to go and watch his fights would be awesome. Uh, but yeah, it was not meant to be. Back to the uh, YouTube programming thing. If anybody has some tips below, yeah, just like froze the shit up out of my computer, and then I, I got caught in a restart that took like a half hour to reboot. And uh, thankfully, this stuff wasn't too affected. So, anyways. Uh, gonna be pushing on here. Just gonna want to share this out, and we will get to UFC 285. Which uh, before I get to results, you know, just on a positive, like any uh, any fellow, uh, you know, I got to imagine. Otherwise, why would you tolerate me in the first place? You gotta have a little bit of that. You know, don't get me wrong. Be a be you know be a positive kick-ass dude. Like whether it's Alvin Yakatori's and the Mark Fellows of the world who who pop up in the chat, and I'm very lucky to have that. But, you know, for those of you who maybe have that jaded fan side, it's been a while, like, I think even us got it, you know, we felt that, right? We felt that excitement, and you, no matter how you feel about the guy, John Jones, I, I do think, obviously, it was because of uh, him. He, he tethers us back. He's one of the few names now that 
tethers us back to a time, uh, you know, our WWE Attitude Era, if you will, you know, as a DX suck it thing kind of goes into my head when he did that to DC after their first fight. Um, yeah, like, he, he tethered us back to that time, and uh, I, I definitely felt it, man. Like, I was excited for the prelims. Like, there was, like, a, a, a women's fight that I didn't even have any action on, and just, like, them coming out, like, I just got pumped for it. I'm like, why? I am, like, I wanted to go train and work my bag, like, just on the walkout, and that's also due to the production team. Like, they were just feeling they were firing, you know. We slash I am not shy to give my criticisms, albeit fair and just, and not trying to overdo it. Definitely not shy about giving my criticisms. Gotta give credit to the production from the people behind the scenes to, uh, you know, uh, commentators. No one has a perfect night. They'll say that themselves. But uh, I was just feeling it. You know, everybody felt like they were kind of firing on all cylinders. So I, I definitely want to keep tethered to that positive note um, to start things off uh, as I finish the tweeting process here. Again, apologies. One man show uh someone said one man schmo what about tofik with those schmo glasses like don't let the guy fool you you know uh as a guy who wears glasses and has a you know no even though even even when you're in weight cutting wig you just got chipmunk cheeks you know, did not save your life and jowls to boot you know uh <laughs> definitely not picking on tofik shitting on myself here uh i can understand man go me face right go me face hashtag go me face familiar listeners of the podcast all right Live now. Talking hashtag UFC 285. Hashtag. We're going to do all the hashtags here. Why not? Bellator 292. And hashtag UFC Las Vegas. Join here. Not gonna go into the DJ man, yeah. But then didn't you just say it? Alright, we posted that. And uh let's get to what's going on everybody. So we got Ghost Phantom in the house. Hello, Dan, can't stay long. Really enjoyed your breakdown with Marab and Vader. Thank you very much. Of course, the in-depths are out now. Uh posted at the usual spots. Got the in-depth on the main event video uh and written over at MMAJunkie.com and got betting angles on the co-main event posted and schmosted. Didn't get time to uh do any of my uh, log any of my plays yet because again I was like inching for every minute you know uh, if I do one thing it means I'm not doing three kind of like what I told you with the do I work out do I watch Tofik uh, Shabley no I, I deal with computer problems right it's classic 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 Dan Tom so um, we'll, we'll see what we get to my Brad Tash checking the house maybe my eyesight is messed up because Mr. Tom is looking as handsome as oh you're too kind you're too kind you know you know how insecure I must be feeling from from not working out because uh, there's a little vain man inside of me. Thank you, Brad. Jin Karasu. Hi, Dan. It's the man I love your breakdown and podcast. We are in an age where other reporters in this space write half-hearted garbage and not researched opinions. I know. That's why I'm apologizing ahead of time before I give you my half-heart. Uh, just kidding. Uh, Jin continues and says, so thank you for your detailed work. I'll, I'll try, I try to get it where I can, and I definitely call myself out. Not trying to like throw shade at others. Just trying to tie in that I am no better, folks. I'm trying to... Try to remind that with these messages. We can get tied up and in, in feeling in our feelings, which I get. I am not beyond. Just saying, you know. 
Uh, all right. Um, Jen says, you might not always be right, but the work you put into your breakdowns and your knowledge uh, is like Jack Slack and all is going to my respect. Oh, thank you. Appreciate you, sir. Too kind, too kind, too kind. Combropolis Rosen. Damn, PYN is one of my favorites, along with Jack Slack podcasts and Heavy Hands. Sometimes I don't even watch fights. Use your guys' opinions uh, as my own to brag to my friends. Feel free. Feel free. It's more common than you think, by the way. Uh, feel free. Synchro Wing in the house. Um, what is your best impression? The D oh, reminding me to do the Diaz. We'll see. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see. I don't know what it, what it is. It, that's not up for me to decide, you know. Um, I feel like, you know, Stallone and Connery have uh, long uh, taken up space in this head. But, you know, Diaz, you know, Diaz pops up from time to time. We'll see if, uh, we'll see if he, look at the card here. Who do we got? Who do we got? Do we got any, uh, anyone where Diaz might make a special guest appearance? Would would he be into any of these fights? And wow, I'm getting random tapology uh, promo in my ear. Thankfully, it's not yours. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, we'll, we'll see if if, if uh, Nate Diaz makes a cameo. I'll I'll send out a message now. We'll see if he randomly randomly pops up into the show. Again, apologies. I feel like when I did these audio versions more, you you definitely got more um more impersonations. I definitely feel a little more. You know, self-conscious with the video on me to let loose with the uh, with the audio, but I, I definitely will. Uh, Pedo Forrester definitely is a strong one. You're right, Brad. Uh, do we have any Jamal's on the card? Jamal's, blue baddish, cucumbers. Uh, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. He is definitely. Uh, who's dumbass? Uh, <laughs> sorry. Uh, yeah, we'll we'll get to those fights uh, for certain. But hey, let's uh, kick it back. I actually do have a, a tab open here. So UFC 285, and I do have my results actually written down. Look at that. Got some notes even. Because again, I was going to do a recap show on Sunday. But just like I said, with time being finite, when I don't do one thing, it means I'm like missing another. Uh, it's like Everything's finite windows, right? So it's like um, I tried to on Sunday, and what the heck happened Sunday? Yeah, just to do this. this I was just acting up and, and other stuff, right? I was just burnt out. Uh, and so I was like, okay, I'm, I'm a rain check. And oh, I was trying to get a, a guest for you. Almost, almost got a really big guest. Um, we're gonna try to do something on a later show. It just didn't work out, so that was part of it too. It's just, it's just a pain, you know. Just, just trying to uh, uh, make sure. And this is just not on anybody. This is just speaking in generalities because it goes both ways. And anybody who books knows what I'm talking about. You guys know uh, what it's like, and shouts to to you shows that do have to do the consistent week to week booking. Um, I hope it bears fruit. It definitely is a good way to promote your shows and grow, which is part of the reason why I probably, you know, a little bit of a stagnant stay the same here. But it, it is it is tough. Um, and uh, yeah, I missed my window, and uh, and again, this happens all, all all sorts. A lot of friends of the podcast, if you're listening, don't feel shame or like I'm throwing shade, but I, I, like, last week in particular, and even the week before, I think, I've had just a lot of, uh, you know, agree to do a lot of things, and then have, have those people, you know, uh, you know, uh, bail out for one reason or another, and again, what, it, I think I may have to go back to, uh, just, you know, uh, keeping things tight, so again, don't feel bad, uh, if that's you in the past, or you in the potential future, if I can't connect with you, but I'm really gonna have to keep things tight, uh, I'm in negotiations right now, which is good. Again, I'm busting my ass, and there are things, you know, uh, that we are we are we are improving on, right? From production quality and so forth, and uh, I'm in some contract negotiations now. Wish your boy luck, but it's also scary times because, uh, as you guys see, I struggle to get to where I'd like to my standard to be with you guys week to week. And right now, I'm negotiating the rest of my uh, quote unquote 
free time, which will bring me other work that is awesome and more money, which of course is awesome, and the kinds of work that I'm actually passionate about and wanting to do. So these are good things. These are not um, these are not playing me violin at all. These are these are positive things, but also just be wary, folks. I may have to be tightening things up on multiple fronts here um, just to stay afloat. And then again, you know, you, the U, this UFC relentless schedule, I think, including my Bellator beat, I, I'm pretty sure it's like from January to like May. There's really there's no there's no week off from that week to week fight beat, and that's not including any contender series or any other things uh, that again I'm negotiating for. So um, may have to really reconsider. Uh, that being said, there was some decent stuff on on, on this coming fight card, uh, and, and I did some decent amount of tape for you guys. So let me uh, timestamp it, and we'll get to the 285 recap, and then we'll get to the fun stuff, the breakdown. All right, we're 15 43 in. Yeah, so UFC 285, uh, Jones versus Gone went nine and five overall in picks, zero and three, oof, in straight plays, one and zero in totals, uh, one and six in round flyers. You know, you, you just that's the good thing about round flyers. You just need one of those bad boys to hit usually. Zero and two in props, and uh, one and five out of the round robin, which meant we got nothing out of the round robin just by doing the extra leg there, and uh, which also meant we went zero for one for the long shot parlay, which is the only parlay. More often weeks than not, right, on this here program. So uh, I'll get to shouts at Amazon reads later. We'll see how we do on this uh, UFC 285 recap. Um, but, yeah, let me pull up the results because I actually had the tab out. Uh, here we go. Yeah, um, so John Jones defeats uh, Cyril Gaon, uh submission round one. Um, the only thing I had here was just uh, Cyril Gaon in round robin, and uh, I took a couple of my .17 U round flyers so if they missed which they did obviously uh it wasn't any skin off my back but it doesn't matter whether you bet and missed on this fight if you were just wrong and you pick gone like me uh boy did you have to hear about it right i mean again and i, I you know uh not to be retrospective or anything but i did call that amongst other things but you know i was wrong don't get me wrong but yeah i did call that people were going to be and you already saw it you know again back to the uh Back to the franchise fans, and I'm not talking about um, friends uh, this podcast who are OG MMA fans and OG Jones fans, or friends who, or people who are just gamblers, friends or not, friends of the show or not, who have the John Jones tickets. You guys, awesome, brag all you want. Not talking about you guys, of course. So again, don't don't take it too serious here. But as far as outside of that that circle, the majority was just victory laps, and again, the most. Oh, and I should have known his classic Dan Tom. You know, you don't you know, call the hater despite pick. I don't think I've ever officially picked against Jones, by the way, which is the crazy part now that I think about it. Yeah, now, I came close with Reyes and proved, you know, why, right? Uh, with that fight, how the, the way it went. Um, but, uh, but you know, it just was, uh, again, you know, it was just hearing uh, my guy AB talking about, you know, uh, Nick Diaz talking about coming back and... Um, how he looked, you know, against Robbie, uh, you know, and how, you know, people had low expectations, myself included, you know, and most of us did because he was out for three years just partying. Now, this is Nick Diaz and John Jones. This is Nick Diaz in a certain part of his career that John Jones, even at 15 years into his career, not the same context. Of course, I get it. But it is funny that, you know, again, it was a similar trepidation and it wasn't a... a uh, abnormal one, you know, if we were really looking at the facts, you know, two ways, you know, and 
even people that picked Jones were surprised at it, you know, like th th it, it being that fast, especially if you, you know, are, are, are very sensible. You know, uh, listen to my guy, shouts to Eugene S. Robinson, you know, excellent, uh, excellent take on this. He was somebody who picked Jones. But, you know, again, if you're if you're being sensible, you're not just being, oh, go, bro, <laughs> like front-running fan, like BS, like, yeah, you like, wow, you know, because, again, I laid out the case as to why, you know, to be careful if you're expecting uh, John Jones to just come and show that, you know, he's a John Jones from old and explaining how it, what he did, he hasn't technically done in, in 10 years, and that was against a, you know, a middleweight and, and uh that was, you know, coming up, and that was, uh, you know, already uh, past it, which is a lot of John Jones's uh, resume that people really, you know, again, not 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 saying you can't, uh, not saying it's a bad resume or you, Jones isn't the goat. If you had him as your goat, um, he's obviously still your goat, and I had no problem before. I got no problem after. It's a subjective thing. I'm not trying to die in any hills there in regards to that. But uh, again, context is kind of everything, and I'm kind of all over the place because it gets into we start getting into this, you know, goat thing, and everyone's like, "Oh, the pound for pound thing is solved," and I'm like, "Is it like easy? If he's your goat, that's cool, you know." Um, I just, you know, uh, pound for pound is debatable, and he sure as shit ain't the best heavyweight, you know, of all time uh, or at the moment, right? So it, it it is strange, but yeah, back to the prognostications pre-fight from me and most you know I explained that how many fighters go and do something that they haven't done for 10 years and they just go and do it in any context I'll wait it's a very small list I doubt you have anything immediately ready to throw at me but I explained why that even though people are overlooking how unrealistic what they're expecting I also in the very same breakdown breakdowns explained why well, he actually is going to go after the wrestling very fast, one way or the other. Um, and he did do that, right? Um, and it was funny because one of the things, you know, and you guys probably say in the chat, I was talking about the under-the-ass under, under the ass half guard kind of get up. And that was one of the positives I saw in the Garn grappling that everybody was shitting on with the Nganu fight. Now, we have all the right and more so now to, to definitely shit on Garn, don't get me wrong. But... He did do, you know, some actual good moments in that fight. Again, including a mount, shrimp, half guard, underhook, get up, turn it into a single leg. Stuff that you don't even see lighter weight fighters do. Um, so something was there. And in the finishing sequence against the fence, you see John Jones go for the choke the first time and miss. And you, if you look why he misses, you rewind the tape, you'll see Gon's hand. Where is it? It's under the ass. The exact detail I highlighted. Now... Gon gets stuck in no man's land where he goes to post on his right arm and try to get up, but he can't get up because Jones has, uh, you know, he, he's tethered to him, draped, he's locked in by the legs, I believe, so on and so forth, right? And more importantly, there's a shrug and an adjustment Jones makes, and you see Gon's hand go where? From below the ass to above the ass. And that was at the time where he got the choke. Now everybody's arguing like, oh, defending DC, like he wasn't butt hurt, he was confused, like most of us were. And John Jones, I think, as of course he's going to tweet, was like, ah, oh, he couldn't recognize a guillotine choke. Now I'm a defender of DC, and boy, did it bring those things back. Is why I used to defend DC, and this watch this guy get unfairly piled on. Uh, but I will say, you know, I, I side with Jones on that one. It wasn't too hard 
to see, you know. Um, and, and I'm not going to be a revisionist person or go back and, you know, try to make my wrong pick feel better and go pick out the part of the po- podcast where I lay out the other person's path and play it. Not my style, but I'm sure I'm, I specifically remember mentioning, mentioning um, you know, a front choke on a getup um, would probably be the... Uh, would probably be the submission. So again, Jones at plus money, Jones by submission. Uh, I didn't. I even said pre pre. I'm like, I don't hate any of those bets. You know, uh, I don't hate the logic. If even if you're gonna go minus one fifty five, like you could look like a genius. But it's just one of those fights where, which I hate the most. Again, especially with me trying to be someone who's like humble and like fucking acts like they've been there before when they won. Um, it's just those fights where like you're either gonna you know one side's gonna look like a genius and the other side's gonna look stupid, which are just the worst fights. All right, oh. And it's funny, and it's like, again, feel, especially if you're an OG Jones fan, especially if you're a better and you actually put your money where your mouth is, yo, 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 feel fucking great and enjoy it. Not not shitting on you at all. Um, but it is kind of funny how everybody is so after the fact when it comes, they're the hardest when it comes to the quote-unquote goats, right? The quote-unquote unbeaten uh, fighters, right? It's like... Uh, you know, the, everyone's like acting like they're geniuses and Jesus fucking Christ. Like, oh, did you hear? This guy picked John Jones by round one submission. Like, like, wait a minute. You're telling me you, you wait, or just even just people that were just right. Like, I told you Jones was going to roll. He's the GOAT. Like, wait a minute. You're telling me that you picked the guy that a lot of people, if not a vast majority, considered the, their GOAT. Uh, easily one of the greats, no matter how you cut it or feel about the guy, right? Uh, you know, arguably unbeaten. And I say that not because we know what happened in the Hamill fight. I say that because there are, you know, there are ways that that not just the Reyes, but even the Santos fight could have gone, and they just weren't great performances. But yes, even arguably unbeaten. Wait, you're you're telling me you picked that guy, and you were right? Hold the fucking presses! Holy shit! What do you got next? Well, who else do you think is going to win? Floyd Mayweather? Do you like Floyd Mayweather? <laughs> so I love that, right? I, you gotta, you gotta love that, right? And everybody's like, and everybody's blowing it up, and and you know, and and I said it on the spinning back click, you know, we, we you know, uh, uh, us media, you know, are, are doing our parts to to pass on the UFC narrative. I'm not trying to, of course. You guys know me. But, of course, Dana's blowing it up, you know, like, and I love Anik and stuff, too, but he's like, he's the, he's the pound for pound, he's the GOAT, he's the greatest of all time, right, getting all those things in, and Dana's, like, going as far to say, like, he's the, he's the best heavyweight of all time, like, easy, buddy, like, he he just beat a guy who was now proven with no ground game and had a weak resume going into this thing. We were just picking it because he fit, you know, athletic size parody and presented problems to how Jones had been fighting for the past couple of years, not including or past few years, not and then some, not including the few years he was doing, God knows what, right? Uh, but uh, but yeah. Um, so now now we have all those things. And again, if he's your goat, that that's totally cool. I'm I'm not trying to die on that hill. Um, you know, uh, if you're asking me who, who 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 who's yours, if not like I'm more like GSP DJ type. Uh, Aldo obviously ranks really high with me. He should always be in the conversation, in my opinion. Um, but I don't care. I'm not trying to die on any of these hills, so I'm not going to uh, get too much into that conversation. Um, I'll just say that again, even though Jones, and I said it last week, like he actually has a good argument for being a big guy for pound to pound, for pound for pound as far as his skills go. Um, but again, 
Uh, he went up to a div- to literally the weakest division skill wise and numbers wise. I mean, there's probably like what under th- thirty active heavyweights. Like there was only thirty five heavyweights in the roster of as of two weeks ago, and out of many of those are active. I'm 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 willing to guess if there was a gun in my head, I would say under thirty than over. Um, I've been again keeping keeping my same energy, folks. Keeping my same energy, and not trying to pick on the heavyweights here, but but again. Has there ever been a fatter heavyweight division? And not just the UFC's heavyweight division history, not just MMA's heavyweight division, like like outside of sumo, combat sports heavyweight division. Again, I will wait, and I am still waiting. Is there a fatter division than ESPN pandemic era UFC heavyweight? And it's also the lowest skill and lowest number division. And he went in there and teetered over a guy who just fell over like a cow. Who is now proven to have no ground game? Whose camp has really proven poorly, right? Uh, you know, fraudulent, if you will. We see that term thrown out around a lot in MMA Twitter, MMA gambling Twitter. Perhaps unfairly, more often than not, we want to talk about fraudulent. You know, skating off the athleticism of Ngannou and uh, gone. Like uh, now, now, now that's pound for pound. Oh, he showed an and crazy. Performance. What do you, we didn't learn shit. We learned absolutely nothing. You should be upset. Even people that were like, you know, getting on the knees to suck the dick, and I'm not gonna do it. I'm sorry, folks. I was wrong. I'll admit it. Like every other time, because I am accountable and I keep the same fucking energy. But I ain't gonna suck the dick. Nothing wrong with sucking dick. If that's what you want to do, no matter who you are, or what gender you are, go do you. But I am not gonna fucking get on my knees in line, and and just praise B. For for that. And now he's going to pick on a, a blind firefighter who's fighting part-time, who's past it, and Stipe. And, and now we're, then you're really going to hear it, right? Because Stipe actually does have the stats that everybody conveniently forgot. But now all of a sudden, when, when the promotion itself forgets and disregards Stipe, now all of a sudden, look who's in the crowd. By God, it's Stipe. He's the greatest of all time. And he wants to get challenged by the new greatest of all time. Like, wait, 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 wait. Wait, wait, what? 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 Oh, now? Now we're caring about... Title defenses all of a sudden? Like, oh my gosh, man. Not a jab at religious people, but my goodness, is MMA history like the Bible as far as like how people just love to selectively pick from it to what serves the narrative. Um, Again, John Jones himself said, I felt awkward. He, he shit on his own performance on the feet, which is hilarious. So that's another thing. Like, Just like last week, and I'll do it again this week with a whole new... Uh, with a whole new sample that's fresh and relevant to what we're talking about. I'm quoting the man's words himself. I'm not being a hater. I'm using the man's words himself. <laughs> he was awkward in there. He wasn't happy with his striking. He wasn't happy with his physique. He wasn't happy with, you know, uh, he even felt just unsatisfied with the win overall, he came out to recently say just as of today. I mean, layers of unhappiness. But, you know, no, let's, let's, gotta polish the dick, though. Gotta, gotta polish the dick, you know? Like, this guy needs it. Like, the UFC needs it, right? Like, oh, geez. Like, I love how they're clipping, like, him kissing his uh, fiance, his forever fiance, who's like, you know, it's like, uh, it's, it's again, it's comical, almost like Joe, uh, you know, Joe from Family Guy with his pregnant wife, who was, like, just pregnant the whole time. Like, is this, is, is this ever going to pop? What's going on? Is she ever going to pop? Um, and then, like, when you really watch it back, the clip, like, you see him actually, like, diss her, diss her like, uh, deny her the kiss and, like, 
look at, look off like that weird person you see at the party like ah it's great to see you and you look the other way like Ooh. and he like did that to his own fiance but like again the, the promotional machine and I'm trying to be like anti UFC guys I just can't help it it's so clear as day what they're doing and watching everybody from my media colleagues to others just fall in line like oh my goodness but uh, again Southpaw Podcast also had excellent analysis post fight analysis go listen to them I don't want to rant on forever here folks shout out to uh, Jason Sargis and uh, Sam Yang um, talking about again not just you know uh, PR for the UFC that their promotional narrative to kind of hurt Ngannou to make sure that it looks like they have the baddest man uh, I know Connor is set to come back but like let's be honest right I mean everyone making jokes about Again, even people so confident, even the Jones fans who were picking Jones and betting Jones, like, I don't know if this guy makes the fucking fight day in Vegas. And at, because he's so inde- uh, undependable and as undependable as he is, how about Connor, right? How about Connor? So I don't even know if the UFC depends on that. Like, they're just happy they have Jones now, um, despite their massive profit years, because that are even that they're finally admitting due to them just cutting their athlete costs, <laughs> screwing the fighters. Um, you know, they, they they weren't able to have a star. That was one thing that they were missing. Now, they sadly, they proved that they can go without a star. And now, sadly, they're proving that they can just make up the uh, the narrative to whatever they whatever they please. And and Jones is playing ball, you know. He, he went from uh, changing his tune, you know. Oh, Francis, my brother, stand up. Get what's yours. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's just like two friends coaxing each other to jump off the plank. Like, we're going to do this because we're men. Yeah, yeah, let's go. On the count of three. One, two, three. And Jones does this and looks over and then sees Francis jump. (laughs) See you later, sucker. Like, let's be honest. That's what it is. And, um, again, it's his brilliance and shrewd tactics is why he's such a great fighter. Because he's just a literal just non-flinching sociopath computing moves that's gonna best suit john jones that is exactly why he's a, a an excellent fighter he plays dirty and again this is odanza hater oh, oh, oh how about another citation folks let me pull one from probably almost 10 years ago at this point is it still available on netflix uh but the the, the hurt game the one with the gary goodrich and the concussion documentary you have john jones himself talking about eye pokes talking about permanently damaging his opponents, talking about purposely doing it and being proud. But of course, I'm a hater here. No, no, no. Showing my fucking work like everything else. But anyways, I'm a hater. But anyways, the man says these things himself. And I'm praising him for it in in a weird way, right? I'm actually giving him credit for it. But okay, I'm a hater. I'm giving him credit for something that he says himself. Again, if you don't S the D just right with like like Khabib fans or Jones fans, they they get fucking pissed. So, yeah, so now we get to watch the narrative kind of play out. But, like, back to what the Southpaw guys were kind of saying, too. It also is that is that kind of glaring thing, which we've talked about and plenty of people have talked about in the space, but it's very true uh, for them to point it out that, you know, ultimately it's not even just me. It's not even, again, not shitting on the big guys here, even though it seems like it. But the, another reason why is because, well, big guys are usually recruited to other sports, whether it's American football, rugby, um, you name it, right? Uh, tall people, basketball, uh, so on and so forth. Um, the, you know, whereas smaller athletes have a lesser place to go, and then you have, you know, coincidentally, you know, average dudes from five nine to lower. It's plethora stock with high technical talent, with with the shelves and cabinets full. 
You know, uh, there's a reason for that. Uh, you know, we, we don't have. It's not just me, my hipster uh, technical taste for the fine opinions. Like, no, it's it's none of that bullshit. It, it's it's a, it's a fact. It's a fact of the environment. Um, so it's not people just be, being hipsters or hating on Jones. I'm not gonna lie. I don't. I I don't particularly like the guy, and that obviously comes through. I'll admit that. But uh, I'm not the only one saying these points, and it's for a reason, you know. Again, be your favorite fighter. You can stand the guy. You can be your goat. No problem. I'm not going to argue with you for a second on that. But let's let's be easy on undeniable pound for pound, impeccable performance. We learned so much from it. Uh, best heavyweight right now. Best heavyweight of all time. Those those are not true. Those things are not true. And right now they're trying to package up everything with the excitement, you know, uh, for you in a nice, neat little package. When really, again, you know, everyone was shitting on Jones. Even his supporters going in were, were shitting on him and his training partners harder than me. I was defending his his training partners. Remember last week for being a hater? I was defending his physique, you know. Uh, as my guy Brad knows, it's the t-shirt in the pool division, as he calls it. Like, John Jones is one to adapt with the times. He, know where, he knows where he was go he's going, you know. Uh, he he's gonna blend in, you know. The era of the big muscly guy is long gone. Like again, look at the heavyweight division. <laughs> it's, it's, it's mainly fat dudes. Like John Jones, yeah, yeah. Daddy's home. The king is supreme. Because uh, outside of a healthy Tom Aspinall or uh, a, a Curtis Blades fighting the perfect fight and utilizing his underrated striking, um, I don't see who's really going to challenge him uh, outside of those names that jump out to me right now. It's actually in the UFC. Correct me if I'm wrong. But yeah, man, Jones uh, Jones made it look easy. And again, be be be, uh, be happy that you got that bet because I haven't seen Jones in that number uh, in years uh, following this game. Grasso defeated uh, Valentina Shevchenko, cashed the under, thankfully, um, which was the biggest bet of the night. Um, we would have went over. We would have went over if. Uh, uh, would have gotten to the black if she got a KO. I don't even think she needed to get it in round two, but I did pick and play round two by Crucifix. And where did she get the Crucifix, guys? Round two again. Uh, not saying it should have been stopped. It definitely, it, it was a good uh, empty half escape by Grasso. That, that's, not, that's not why I'm groaning. I'm not, not, not playing my violin like so many other fights where I have, sadly, have the right to. No, no, no. I'm just saying like, oh, the analysis was right. It was right. At least I'm not crazy. That's all I'm saying. At least I'm not crazy, right? Uh, but again, like I said, uh, if if something if it goes to you know rounds four and, and stuff, uh, something went wrong, and something was going wrong, and uh, caught it a little bit live, and I was like, whoa, Gra I didn't even pick it up to like halfway through the first round because she was going back and forth. But I'm like, oh wow, Grasso switched southpaw, and it's funny, you know. I haven't listened to Heavy Hands yet, but I'm sure they're going to talk about it. Uh, it's but because it's just that funny thing that a lot of us in the analyst community picked up where we just kind of joke about where you just got to switch to southpaw and that's like a mind-blowing moment in WMMA when you look at like you know WMMA's goat or perceived goat at the time Amanda Nunes right you know um it's just like a southpaw adjustment right and, and it just just messes you know it just just you know that's like uh the the thing in these fights and uh yeah Grasso did it she she would kind of shift southpaw from early on, but like it was never really meaningful. It was more like to alleviate and shift out of an exchange, maybe throw a strike out of it, and then she's immediately back into a shifted into an orthodox stance circling. Um, so there was really no way 
you know, for Shevchenko to really expect that, unless you're just literally preparing for everything, which I know everybody says, but you, you can't do that, folks. It's not feasible. It's not efficient even, right? Um, so it was really smart, right? And that whole theory, uh, that is the one downfall again of being around so long. People have so many times to game plan against you again. Um, which everybody says after the fact when it comes to like, you know, Chevchenko getting upset, right? But then they, they conveniently forget those facts that they and others may have said themselves before like a Jones-Gone fight because it's, it's all selective, right? It's always after the fact. Um, but yeah, like, you know, the, 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 that is an, actual, an absolute truth. Um, and uh, again, not, not trying to be like after the fact guy or whatever. And I was, you know, drinking, watching live. I actually missed that it was off a spin kick. Um, I thought it was because Valentino was getting over aggressive, so I shared in my breakdown that said uh, the one pathway for Grasso is going to be uh, getting Chevchenko's back of her getting over aggressive. Now she got over aggressive with a spinning kick, not back exposure like she has in the past. What I was citing, if I was being honest, so uh, I definitely didn't want to make it look like I was gloating there and want to uh, correct myself if anything uh, on that tweet. But at least the. Uh, the under came through, so I didn't wasn't I didn't lose my ass off. Uh, too bad. It was crazy. This um, again. Then we had Rachmanov versus Jeff Neal. Um, speaking of heavy hands, uh, it was one of my dessert podcasts. A lot of these times, these dessert podcasts, I don't even get to listen to if at all until after the event. Um, usually on my Sunday, where I'm kind of just going. There's, there's a lack of podcasts on a Sunday, and again, my Sundays are nuts. I, I wish I could be like y'all. Fucking placing bets on UFC, getting your tape study done before everybody else, watching sports, hanging out with family, going out, whatever you guys do is your your du jour, getting to the outdoors, animals, whatever. I would love to do all those things. I'm I, I my Sundays are just spent like a madman, doing everything I do 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 during the week. Um, but yeah, like uh, saw so listen to podcast and I was listening to Ryan Wagner, my guy Ryan Wag, uh, on Heavy Hands, and I think it was him making a comparison to Shavkat versus Jones, which really aged well after the performance uh, we saw on Saturday because uh, even though there were some defensive things getting hit way more than Jones despite having some inherent saintly same problems, um, when I was watching it, like whether it was the breakdown uh, beforehand or watching it live, I can't remember to be honest, but I remember having those comparisons come to mind too with the elbows and uh, the uh, subtle uh, but attritional body work. Um, and, and, you know, and hopefully he can get more claustrophobic and find more efficient ways to close into that clench to get around some of those inherent tall man defenses. Um, but, you know, he's got a hell of a chin, uh, but I don't think he should depend on it, even despite walking through Neil's shots. Uh, those of you who watched his previous UFC fights, he actually did get rocked in one of his previous UFC fights. He recovered and then finishes the guy. Just, again, that ultra-composure that we saw. Um, but really happy with that. Um, you know... Neil's so tough. You could have argued for a standing stoppage to, to, to save him, and I would have loved it for my KO bet. Because, again, I think I had, like, Grasso, uh, Shevchenko KO, Gon KO, Rachmanov KO. Um, and then what else did I have? Uh, fuck. Um, I think I had Marquez sub, which we'll get to that. Uh, and then a Duplessis round two, which actually did hit. So the point when that hit early in the card, and that was one of the more, like, weird ones. So I was like, oh, that's a, probably one of the harder of the five. And I'm like, I don't play in extra legs. I still got four legs or whatever to go. I'm like, there's no way at least one of those don't hit. And all I needed was one to hit to pay it off. I thought I was good. I shouldn't have said it. I jinxed myself. Remember, 
I was saying last week I got jinxed by a listener. I jinxed myself on that one, so poo-poo on me on that one. Uh, but thankfully, uh, I split my uh, prop squad uh, shots for Rachmanoff round two and round three uh, here, and that cashed and that saved. I, I took a, I actually got good odds at the counter, and uh, again came up just. I was just short from paying off the round robin, paying off my counter ticket betting and my overall betting. You just need one thing here or there to hit, and that, that that's the game, folks. You know how it is. I'm not saying anything y'all don't know. Um, it's just what it is. Speaking of that's the game. And speaking of stuff that, you know, y'all should know as far as uh, how the Dan Tom luck goes back to, uh, you know, I was just saying, hey, I'm no different or this or that. But, you know, man, if we're keeping tallies when it comes to split decision beats on fights that should have been scored the other way, you bet your ass Dan Tom was probably on that wrong side, both as a pick and in this case as a play. You know, last I left you guys, I was leaning toward Gamrod, even though I said it's dog or pass. I don't know if I'll get to Kerner, so it's not like I didn't leave the bed op- uh, leave the door open. But yeah, the more I looked at that fight after the pod, I ended up picking Turner. And, you know, as I often do when I look at it, I may be light on plays and light on underdog picks. And I'm also not playing said underdog picks that I'm actually picking. Yeah, sometimes you, if you want to call me guilty for, does that qualify for forcing a play? If it does, then I guess I'm guilty. Um, and that's kind of how I made the jump from leaning toward Gamron on the podcast, ending up with a pick and a play on Turner. But um, I did say, again, on the podcast and also in my uh, quick picks and prognostications article, uh, Gamron's not a very criteria-friendly fighter, and other you know colleagues of mine who do their due diligence with the criteria and follow that stuff um, also, you know, also uh, agreed, so I didn't feel that crazy. I know it wasn't just my betting bias, which, yes, is present, but man, I went back to rewatch this fight, folks, and I still uh, feel like there's an argument for 30-27 Turner, if not 29-28. I know Garamont gets the crucifix, and I am a big proponent of you get to these positions and you're actually using them. But both when I was watching it with no sound, which is hard to judge and live, right? Uh, but also, you know, my, 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 my ticket's already torn up. It doesn't matter at this point. I'm trying to do it unbiasedly, and I've got the sound and everything. And... Uh, I just don't feel like, you know, he got a ton of leverage. It was more like quick rabbit shots, and Turner didn't seem too bothered. It just actually encouraged him to swim out of the position. He just kind of was cool as, cool as a cucumber the whole time. And even the end of that third round, I definitely don't uh, consider that because he, he shrimped back up and turned it into a, a guillotine threat, which, if anything, just protected him from the negative position of ground and pound against the fence. Um he drops Gamrock. Gamrock keeps losing his way to the top. It's impressive. Like the judges just because he's his his chin recoverability so good and he's so automatically programmed to shoot that I I think these judges are just missing it. Um, remind me to give Derek Cleary credit when we talk about Romanov Tybura scorecard. Speaking of fights and fighters, Tybura, uh, uh, who I can't bet on, and now Romanov's fighting another pe- fighter that uh, I've already told myself I can't bet on. We'll get to that with the Volkov fight. Remind me to get to Derek Cleary to actually give him credit for once. But my goodness, Derek Cleary again. It's funny, like, everybody gives crap to Saldi Amato or Chris Lee or uh, who's the... Um, lady uh Adelaide Bird um but Derek clearly has always been the guy where I've I've always Chris Lee's one I've I've quite I know he's got like notorious cards that stick out and always people will always point to which is, sucks for Chris because percentage wise he is actually in line with his peers more often than not and I feel like I'm in line with that guy a lot of times uh Cleary though is the opposite I was joking on spinning back click like I bet you we could sit me and Derek Cleary down and 
we talk about music, food. We're going to be like on opposites on everything. You know what I'm saying? Like he sure as shit fits the the uh, trope that I accuse uh, many judges, both high level, which I do consider him and give him that respect, uh, and not, which is, you know, body work encounters. And they just, they seem to miss it um, and not value it properly, uh, punctuating counters even to the head. Um, and uh, I don't think Cleary gets brought up a lot because I'm, I'm willing to bet, I'm going to have to check with my guy Scott Fontana, shouts to the couch side judges, but uh, on these split decisions, I don't think he gets called out or sticks out as much, Derek Cleary, because A, um, because he is on the, the air quote right side of the winner, it, that makes him more in line with his judges, even if though he's constantly sticking out in these really fucking bad decisions that I, I, I keep citing that aren't criteria friendly even. Um, which is supposed to be their focus, right? Um, so he's not going to, he's, he's in fact, he's probably going to, on paper, so he's probably going to look like a, a really good judge, if anything. And again, I give him that distinction as an elite judge. But two, a lot of the times he's paired with like a Doug Crosby or someone who has just like an asinine scored or like a, a t- local Houston judge, right, on a Texas show. So like, even if the, the he is on the majority and everybody's still outraged, as they should be, he still kind of skates by because usually his scorecard is less egregious than the other ridiculous scorecard that tips it the other way. Let's be honest, probably the wrong way, right? So I feel like this guy gets off, and I'm not trying to fucking add to all the unfair bullshit that judges get, and it's a very hard and unfair job, and they don't, just like everybody else in this industry, don't get paid enough, and because of that, we suffer the quality, and we, we, and we, we complain about it, right? Um, so believe me, I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but oh boy, you know, is that guy's Nate fingerprints always on these motherfuckers. Uh, Bo Nickel defeated uh, Jamie Pickett via nut shot. Um, shared my guy James Lynch. Shout out to James Lynch, great interviewer in the space. Uh, did an interview with, with Pickett, who was like really positive about it. He's like, I'm not even blaming Bo. I wished him the best, man. I hope he becomes a world champion. It's not his fault for it. I mean, that's, it's, it's the uh, ref's job. And the fact that they didn't even care, show that they cared, filed the complaint, motion for it, nothing. Um, you know, and not that they would do anything anyways, let's be honest, but still, right? It's like, can you guys at least fucking pretend that you guys are, you know, to doing your job, especially uh, when it pertains to fighter safety, the most important part of your fucking job, the part that you use to justify fucking paychecks and find fucking fighters for safety. Eh. My little Dan Tom jerk off Jeff there for you audio listeners. Cody Garbrandt defeated Trevin Jones. I really need to, I'm so busy, I really need to start to just tailing the Action Network, shout out to the Action Network. Like, I need to tell them on their NASCAR bets, their baseball bets, like Sean, Sean Z, uh, you know, got Billy Ward. Uh, so many smart people out there for multiple sports, including this here one, we uh, shit show we cover. Um, and I know it, a lot of people were on the, maybe maybe had that ticket. Uh, I'm not trying to not, not to give y'all credit. I'm just saying, man, we got some sharp people over at uh, the Action Network um, for that. Um, all right, I'm going to... Clean up in the chat, Ben Forster. T-shirt in the pool takeover. My guy Brad Dash. That's right, baby. It is. Hey, D. Levy. Hey, I just I shouted you last week, my guy. You, uh, Your ear must have been itching. Just wanted to stop by and drop a like for damn Tom. I appreciate you, man. Check out my guy Half the Battle, uh, Dan Levy, on Half the Battle. Of course, we used to go get together on uh, line movement. Um, I hope I'm on the right side of that guy this week, by the way. He, uh, he kills it. He kills it. Channel DX. I just walked into Polish 
walked in on Polish the dick. I don't even know what I did. I say that. Wow, I don't even know what I say half the time. I was listening to to, to of course Bill Burr podcast, and he's like, "You guys don't understand that. Like, I don't understand half the shit. I'm, I'm just trying to fill time here. Obviously, I actually try to research shit and try to give you guys some nuggets. But yeah, I'm just as guilty, man. I don't. I'll say some crazy shit on here, and I don't remember it. So um, I apologize for that. Um, Channel DX, Garmot the Magician, able to illusion his way out of being hurt. That's right. He's losing his way to the top, baby. Gamrot. Um, speaking of Gamrot and Tabura, that's just two guys who just complete different styles. But there must be something in the water in Poland, man, because uh, the judges just fucking love what they see from those guys. Um, they get hella breaks. Uh, speaking of... <laughs> Oh my God! We got Drakus third, third Rikus Duplessis versus Derek Brunson. Somebody said, uh, like one of the comments on last week's show, like I could tell it was a new listener. They're like, uh, first time listening to this show, and like, dude, I tried listening to your Duplessis Brunson, and there was no analysis. Dude, you just pretty much talked about how one guy's racist. <laughs> I just pretty much said, yeah, well, welcome to the podcast. <laughs> In my defense. Does the guy not go, you know, Captain Africa goes out there, you know, with his, uh, you know, doubling down with his mouth. But then also, again, like, I, I did break down the fight. It's like, I'm not hating on the guy. I picked the guy. I picked the guy to win when in round two because, you know, even though he is, te- you know, you can watch the tape on him and it drives people like myself crazy. Like, how can people not, you know, uh, apply their advantages over the openings that he provides. Easier said than done, I know, but come on, someone's got to do it, right? He's asking for it. Uh, Brunson, at this stage of his career, just can't uh, depend on him, was, you know, unpredictable at, 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 at the best of times, uh, closer to his prime, right? No offense to Brunson. Um, and uh, I thought I caught a break, which I was more than grateful for, as you know, but uh, apparently it should have been stopped even earlier than that. And everybody agreed with the stoppage, so... Maybe I didn't catch a break, but uh, that was cool. I, I wish I played it straight up, um, but I did not. So, um, again, not hating the person for the comment, and uh, I didn't even deny what they said. But in my defense, I did provide some analysis on that fight, and it was actually accurate as fuck. So there's that. Um, what was not too accurate was my play on Viviana Ara. Who lost to Amanda Hibas? I didn't go back to rewatch this fight. Uh, I was alive, kind of just settling in at this point. Um, and it looked like Ada Ujo was doing well, as she often does. And I know she's prone to get tired. And maybe Rebos could have banked with some grappling. Um, but I don't even think Rebos backers were expecting her to drop Ada Ujo and then just take over from like round two onward, right? Like, uh, or, or, I think that's how it went. Again, I just I watched this live. It was a little vague. I, all I know is I, I didn't have any hopes of that ticket by the time it got to the end. I, I, I felt it was a clear winner. So, congrats to you, Hibosh backers. Marc-Andre Barrio, Barrio defeated uh, Julian Marquez. I was walking in, uh, getting seated at this time, and uh, I only saw the loss. But uh, apparently, I was I was looking good, apparently, in the first round. Uh, not me, of course, the actual fighter. My guy, my guy, Julian Marquez there. Uh, but my play wasn't looking, you know, completely stupid, right? And then, uh, again, just... just, just you know, you just felt, despite training at elevation, you know, Julian Marquez been through a lot of injuries. I don't know if that has anything to do with it. I'm just saying, you know, a lot of layoffs uh, coming off of a layoff. I uh, saw people citing that. Again, we cite these things after the fact, but we conveniently ignore it when, uh, you know, again, um, you know, when John Jones comes out and makes it easy. We're like, oh, yeah, of course, never in doubt, never in doubt, never in doubt. Uh, 
I'm not I'm not making the strongest cases here by comparing Julian Marquez. Not what I'm trying to do, <laughs> making apples for apples comparison, but you get what I'm saying. It is it is very convenient when we cite things. It's it's just a game, man. It's a volatile game. That's what it comes down to at the end of it. You know, don't let me or anybody tell you that they got a they've got a beat on the game. <laughs> no, no, no. Um Irish Machado defeated Ken on Song. Um, I'm always happy to see fighters come back from adversity. That's what happened here. Uh, I didn't watch this fight. I just had it in my ear as I was driving to uh, the venue. Um, so I completely missed this fight. But uh, apparently, you know, just playing into the cringe. Uh, apparently he did the Billy strut. And, uh, you know, I don't know. I posted like a thing of like Ken on Song like really bloody. And I don't know. I I didn't read too much into it or get like sensitive about it, but a lot of people did. And my more question is like, did you do this uh, for your other opponents or just the uh, just the Chinese guy? Are we keeping that same energy, huh? Is this something that you do? Sound pretty committed to that. Um, but I don't know. he's a he's a young man. You uh, it's very easy to commit, you know, to to to, to sound that way. So I don't want to judge the kid too harshly. Not my you know, not my style as far as that goes, but uh, I'm trying to judge him for in the octagon, and I like seeing people overcome adversity, man. And uh, he's, you know, with a good camp, and uh, there's a lot of positives to look out for. So we will see. Uh, uh, the other uh, the other African on the card, Cameron Simon. <laughs> real African. We're real Africans. Yeah. Uh, defeated uh, Mata Martinez, almost fouled his way out of the fight, which is pretty ridiculous. Didn't watch it, but was just like, you know, had it on in the background. Uh, this is the fight that got me pumped for whatever reason. Just what I was saying, like, I just was getting pumped for the night more than this fight. Just, but watching them, like, walk out. Um, Tabitha Ricci. Um, hopefully she cashed some tickets out there, made, made work a penne. Didn't have to go to a sketchy decision, which is always nice, right? Uh, Farid Basharat, drillers make killers. And, uh, he got uh, beats uh, Damone Blackshear by unanimous decision. Uh, like Radzibov defeated uh, Esteban Rebovich. That was a fun fight from what I saw. And it was funny with uh, Radzibov taking it on a short notice. Part of me was like, should I just put like a, 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 a round three flyer on Rebovich if he's still around? And I was like almost regretting that I didn't. And it uh, didn't catch anyways. Not that it would have mattered, but like... That was like going to be the one of the only things I would have recommended on that fight if I, I had got around to it by podcast time. All right, 56-53. There's a recap for that. Got Mark Fellows in the house. Sorry I'm late. I was in the air. I had a pi- I had the pilot divert to the nearest airport for an emergency landing so I could catch the end of the show. I hope not, but, man, hopefully uh, Bali treated you well, my man, and you had a, a well-deserved vacation, sir. Um, shouts, shout out to my guy, of course, Dan Stupp, uh, over on Action Network. Always good to, just to see people, like, on fight weeks, man. It's, especially on the big fight week, seeing friends, it's, it's just, uh, it's very important. Being able to just to see, watch fights, or just eat with a friend is always, always, always big. Uh, got to see my guy Aaron. We didn't get to give you guys a preview show. Apologies for that. Uh, shout out to Sirius XM crew. Got to do, uh, their show. Talk to my guy Anthony Smith, Ryan McKinnell, um, Kelly, great producer as always. And my guy D loves turmeric. The turmerictonic.com. Use code PROTECT15 uh, for 15% off uh, your order. Uh, appreciate that. Of course, mixedmartialanalyst.com is uh, what uh, presents this show here, my website. 
And uh, if you go to mixedmarshallanalyst.com, there's not only you know PayPal for donations, also got the super thanks, super chat. Doesn't matter. I'm going to get to your questions anyways, but those are available only if I do good uh, to you. If you want to support the show without spending any money or any extra money, and you shop at like on it or Amazon, um, you just go to mixedmarshallanalyst.com, one click. And then just the second click, and that's all you got to do, which is in the banner, bottom right, maybe toggle a slight scroll slash toggle to the right if you're on mobile. And you will see an Amazon and on it banner. On it stuff uh, pays me more, but I don't get to see what you buy. It doesn't give me your identity either way. Don't worry. Uh, but the Amazon one does. Yeah, they will tell me uh, what is being bought. They won't say by whom. Okay. Um, they won't say by whom. But it will tell me uh, what is bought. So I'm going to read off that list. Um, write meow. Uh, and don't worry. So again, it's not going to give me any identity. You want to go, you know, have one night in Bangkok like David Carradine. You know, get the silk kimono, the silk uh, rope, the choking rope. Maybe doesn't do you too too much so you don't end up like D from The Wire. You know, <laughs> vibrating nunchucks. Whatever you want to do. This is a judgment-free zone, folks. This is a judgment-free zone. This is an ally zone, okay? You're you're in safe hands. To do what you want, just click through the link first. Be safe. Uh, don't hurt yourself like David. Um, and, uh, and yeah, have at it. Have at it. Um, someone bought Fruit of the Looms. Men ever soft uh, tucked V-neck t-shirt. V-necks. There we go. Uh, confidence with a V-neck, huh? You know, um, I don't know. Even when I'm in shape, I never feel good with a V-neck. And I even have, like, you know... You know, a little bit, of, a little bit of a tattoo tease I can have there, but it just I, I, even in my most stylish of days, I don't feel like I'd ever pull that off. So props to you, sir. Dockers Men's Agent Slip On. Thank you for buying that. Tough Grid 750 pound black panacord parachute cord. Wow, parachute cord. Thank you for buying that. I hope it's good. Uh, I bought some faulty things through Amazon. Parachute cord. Want to make sure that's good. Hopefully that's good. Uh, you have a safe drop. Utopia Wear Premium Cotton Blend Knitted Turtleneck. Turtleneck. Is is Ben the Bane shopping through my link? Huh? Turtlenecks and parachute cords. You doing some some crazy video, sir? Uh, shout out to my guy, Ben the Banes. Uh, you look ugly today. Men's suit solid color pro. <laughs> I love that. that is an actual thing. I'm not just... I love that. I <laughs> Whoever buys this should buy it more just so... I can just jar my listeners on a weekly basis by going, you look ugly today. Uh, men's Party. So that is the brand. You look ugly today. Someone bought Hide and Drink Men's Two Row Stitch Leather Hand uh, Handmade Bourbon Brown, size 34. Okay. Uh, someone bought a Tech Portable Laptop Lap Desk with Retractable Right and Left Mouse Pad. All right. That sounds pretty intense. Uh, Amazon Essential Men's Regular Fit Solid Sleeve Shirt. Thank you for purchasing that. Someone bought some uh, Astro Owl Baklava Ski Mask Winter Fleece Thermal Face Mask. Oh, we're, is it the same person who's got the parachute cord and the turtleneck? Are we doing some uh, 1970s espionage action? Let's go, baby. Um, we got a Leica Distribution 3-Pack Wire Saw Survival Stainless Steel. Someone's getting suited up for some serious shit out there. Um, like a distribution, someone got a two-pack surge protector and power strip. We're doing some traveling. SkyPal computer speakers, RGB gaming speakers. Appreciate you buying those. 
I, Juan, winter gloves for men and women. All right, for your little uh, espionage. I appreciate it. ODK 39-inch computer desk with monitor stand. All right. Smug home office ergonomic desk mesh computer. Someone bought uh, Overdisa USB microphone. Professional. Uh, somebody got a J-Link gaming monitor, 27-inch. Thank you for that. That wasn't cheap. 1080p. Nice. Presentation clicker, rechargeable with red light. And someone bought a USB 3.0 hub, 7-port USB data drive. Sounds like a lot of those were the same people, but I appreciate you using the click-through. MixedMarshallAnalyst.com. Again, all those clicks, it didn't cost that person any extra. Just a small purchase of their, uh, percentage of their purchase goes back to this here program. And it sincerely, it really does uh, help a lot in this uh, one-man free uh, show. And... Uh, your guys' support uh, means so damn much, so thank you. All right, let's get to this breakdown, shall we? 103, 07, UFC fight, or Bellator, we'll go Bellator, sorry. Bellator, 292. Um, we'll pull up the odds for it. We'll go from odds perspective. Um, yeah, of course, the lightweight tournament. It's a really good one. Coming up, uh, I know they're kind of, you know, they're doing uh, squash matches and the most competitive matches for, like, their two ones right out of the gate. We got Benson Henderson headlining it. Of course, the once and former king coming back at plus 850. I imagine it opened wide, too, but, wow, plus 700 he opened at. Uh, Usman Namagamadoff as your favorite, of course, minus 1600. Um, no in-depth for this one. I do have an in-depth on Usman out. Plenty of stuff on Benson you can read uh, from me. Um, for more on Usman's game, if you're not familiar, uh, Usman Umar's brother, of course, uh, those guys, uh, just very good, very well-rounded. Um, not just the striking as opposed to, uh, the wrestling, not just, which is a lot of times is Wushu Sanda based, but, uh, Usman, if I recall correctly, like you could tell he actually watched like a lot of Muay Thai and stuff like that, which I really appreciate. Uh, you see a bit of that in Umar, um, as well. Which I, I think I broke down even with his last fight in his last finish. Um, obviously, I'm going to be picking Usman here. Um, I honestly didn't look at this fight and didn't have time to, sadly, like I warned off the top. So I don't have exact methods. Um, once I shut down here, I'm going to run through the proverbial comb, mainly Shabli and Musayev, just because I'm excited as fuck to actually watch and write that one up. I won't be writing anything too long because... Uh, I am limited slash limit myself in these, hence it's called quick picks and prognostications. Maybe we should have a version of that for these long podcasts, am I right? Uh, but yeah, um, you can go check that out. That'll be up uh, manana tomorrow morning. Maybe as of right now, whenever you're listening to this. Of course, I'm recording and speaking live and, and, and referring to so. But yeah, surprise, surprise, taking the favorite there. I'm leaning towards Shabli, who, uh, Alexander Shabli, of course, uh, minus 145, Tafik Messiah, your underdog, plus 120. I appreciate it competitively line. Hoping for a fun competitive fight. These guys have five whole rounds to sort this out. Um, powerful. Uh, Tafik uh, should not be uh, underestimated. Definitely uh, a lively dog, but uh, do not be surprised to see me uh, following through with my lean of Shabley. Again, more familiar with him than Musayev. Not going to get too into their games. I don't like to speak on things too much without having time to have properly gone over them. Um, even though I probably won't get to a Linton Vassell pick, I, I love me some Linton Vassell. Um, my heart will be with him. I don't think I'll get to a pick. Probably end up with uh, picking Moldovsky. Um, but uh, I'm not, again, um, 
as high and others have been among the Moldowski, which is why I score it how you will. Uh, I ended up picking Bader for a decision. Uh, there is a close decision that went my way. Yay. Um, and then, uh, again, same with Goiti Yamauchi, and the odds represent him more of a livelier dog. Uh, I agree with that. I don't know if I'll get to him as a pick. Again, you want to see me at Dan Tom MMA uh, on Twitter uh, or, uh, or MMAJunkie.com where my quick picks and prognostications will post. Um, I want to refresh a bit on their recent stuff. So Goiti I've always liked, and he's just been super interesting. Climbing up now you know, uh, to his third division within Bellator. He used to fight at 145, mainly 55. Uh, has been stepping up to 170. Um, there are some things I want to see uh, and refresh myself of his game before I were to take a flyer. And by a flyer, I mean pick. Uh, I don't like to bet Bellator. There's not a lot of meat on the bone at plus 100, even if I did pick or like Goiti Yamauchi. So it may be all chalk uh, eventually, but um, keep an eye out for my content because I appreciate that. But more importantly, you really should watch Bellator um, and catch up on these fights if you're not able to watch live. I understand if you have lives. I get it. But try to, not that Bellator is perfect or beyond its flaws, but try to watch other organizations beyond the UFC. It's hard. I'm trying my hardest to practice what I peach, preach. I did poorly today. I failed today. Uh, but uh, I'm trying to give love where I can. Be traveling to Hawaii for the next Bellator shows next month, which would be fun. Um... But yeah, uh, not a lot to say on the rest of the card, although there are some names when you look down there. Chandler DX is very excited for Tofik Shalvi. In a stand-up fight, I'd root against uh, Musayev. Yeah, yeah. I, I like, I mean, I'm a fan of, of just technical lightweights, obviously, so um, I'm going to be leaning towards Shabli Mark Fellows. Oh, I already read that. Okay. Um... Yeah, what time are we at here? Sorry. 108.06. Yeah, sorry, folks. Not long for Bellator there. Again, I'll, I'll try to do it justice with my QuickBooks article. I'll be doing the same for uh, UFC Fight Night 221. UFC Fight Night. Jan versus Davalashvili. UFC Las Vegas. Not Vegas, because that's not confusing. Last time they had a UFC Las Vegas card was uh, Brian Carraway defeating Aljamain Sterling. We had... Uh, Stevens beating Burrell. We had a... It was a pretty good gambling night. I think I was at that card live, too. I got to watch that one from... Uh, oh, wow, I was at that card, too. I had good seats on that card. And then now, uh, fast forward, right? Uh, to the next time we use a actual hashtag UFC Las Vegas. And uh, I get to go to this card. Very grateful to do so. Really, uh, This is a really cool card to do it because it's going to be an intimate venue and a new venue uh, as far as the UFC goes. And I, I personally like intimate venues more. Like, I want to go... I still haven't been to uh, the T-Mobile Arena, I don't think. No, I've been to it once for UFC 200. Uh, I haven't been since then, to be honest, for a card. Uh, and I haven't even been to the Raiders Stadium. And I would love to do these things. But when it comes to MMA, I don't know. I like me an intimate venue. You guys feel free to let me know what you guys like in the chat. But, yeah. Um, we got a headliner, of course. Uh, Peter Yan, minus 275 favorite. Comeback on Marab Devalishvili, plus 210. Um, again, in-depth breakdown out and out, MMAJunkie.com. Uh, yeah, uh, it is funny, man. Um, I'm not going to dive into any, like, the political stuff. I did share, like, some political stuff, which I don't really do. I just shared, like, the, what's going on, just some, like, news clipping thing of, like, what's going on in, in Georgia. 
uh, and like kind of uprisings and stuff, just kind of give an idea of like why people are mentioning a political backdrop, even though I try not to play into those things again. Um, but uh, you also have to understand that like, yeah, like uh, people from that part of the world have have feelings about Russia, both historically, uh, past, relevant past, however you want to say it, or just the relevant uh, now, right? Uh, it's stuff that is going on now. Um, you know, tie-ins with obviously invasion of Ukraine um, and just all the other territories and there's better people to get into than my ignorant American ass. So um, I, that's about as deep as I'm going to go into it. But yes, yeah, yeah, Marab has some feelings. And I only bring that up because it is apropos to the breakdown. I'm not trying to stick to sports. Like uh, I'm not trying to, you know, inject politics into it. If anybody's doing it, it's, it's Marab himself is doing the po political injections. Now, I'm not going to be judging, um, even though I want to, you know, uh, be understanding. Uh, how can I or anyone that's not him or of, of his people really understand where he's coming from, right? So I'm not even going to pretend any of that. Um, but again, as far as this breakdown and relevance goes for what the product we're going to watch and perhaps maybe you might want to bet on, I haven't. Um, how does this pressure affect him, right? He is a guy who doesn't let much get to him. He just jumps in. Uh, he doesn't really compute danger, whether it's a fist fight, jumping into bodies of water and scratching himself up with branches when he has a fight coming up or just doing crazy things, fighting through injuries like he has before and, and now he's gotten his shoulder or whatever thing done. I don't know if that was before the Aldo fight or after the Aldo fight. Um, either way, he just doesn't seem like a guy where I expect those things to bother him much. You know, we've seen him be choked unconscious and he just keeps fighting. Um, you've seen him be rocked and out on his feet then he just snaps back to it and keeps fighting. Like, obviously everybody's human, uh, as I dared say, said about John Jones last week, right? Um, if anybody's going to make that cheeky argument that people are human, it's me. But... At the same sense, for like a guy like Marab, it's like, yeah, I don't know if you can knock this guy or submit this guy, or knock this guy out or submit this guy, right? Like, obviously, I'm a, bit, a wink and a grin there with that, right? But uh, is he, uh, you know, it, it, it's it's hard to picture, right? Uh, that being said, there is no biological free lunches, you know? You can't be strong everywhere, right? Uh, where is it going to come in? And maybe... You know, maybe maybe part of it is uh, is mental, and we see it in, in these bigger fights when there's bigger stakes. You know, uh, he's the main event, um, his media, his extra obligations. And again, he might be a guy who just, because he's so carefree, it actually might not affect him as opposed to like a, a someone who's more wired, like a control freak like myself who can be overwhelmed, right? Uh, so maybe it's a strength for him, but despite all that extra stuff and extra emotion, he's out there like, in lobbies and stuff trying to like do his own like schmo media and stuff like with like Peter Yan and like I don't know and just like the, the vibes I got from that just really threw me off and would make me very cautious if I was a Marab backer um you know uh I wouldn't be mad if Marab wins I don't I, I mean you know part of me you know uh wants to root for the guy I guess but like I uh at the same time um when I went back to watch the footage, I was like, oh yeah, Jan, Jan should be favored here. Um, and it gets scary because, again, you know, you know, where does Jan stand with this stuff or whatever? Like, he doesn't seem to be playing into the teammate drama as much. You know, he's 
he's come clean about stuff he said about Marab in the past. But he's like, I don't know, like, it's hard because, again, I'm, I'm trying to keep the same energy with the politics stuff. Like, you know, I don't want people, I don't think it's right for on the other side for people to unfairly uh, go after Jan or other fighters just because they're Russian. I'm keeping that same energy that I did with the Zhang Wei Li stuff, you know? Um, like, just because you are the same nationality or even a member of the same nation doesn't mean you represent the government and should be, you know, um, treated as so, like, yeah, you're the one that wanted to go to war, you know? And I think Jan is, like, part Georgian, as much percentage Georgian as he is Chinese, right? Fantasy Chinese Fight League, Peter Jan, Kevin Lee, Andrea Lee, you know? Um, but I, that wouldn't work because uh, Jan apparently is actually part Chinese himself, speaking of which. Um... And apparently he's been, like, vocal against, like, a lot of Russians, like, you know, like a lot of Americans, you know, like, you know, just because we're American and we live here and have family who sacrificed for this country, you know, checkbox me for all the above. Uh, does that mean I agree with everything my country has done? Like, of course not, right? Like, so, you know, I just, let's be careful about, like, you know, getting on people for that, that, that silly stuff. Um, but as far as that political stuff goes, I think it may affect Marab more is what, I, what I'm trying to say and the only reason why... I bring it up from a technical standpoint. Marab seems to get hit with left-sided strikes the most, and uh, Peter Yan uh, punctuates with his left hand. His, his left-handed strikes are the strongest from both stances. Um, so I expect him to fight a decent amount of southpaw in this fight. And if he does, he's got good body kicks and head kicks. And I do wonder. Um, again, you know, uh, back to Faber, hit him with a left head kick as well. Death taxes and wrestle boxers ducking into left-sided head kicks. Um, the hand fighting, as per usual, I think should be able to shut him down. Uh, even if Yan, even if uh, Marab is able to create back exposure, uh, he is not as good as Sterling. He doesn't have the same tools as Sterling, the same strength, the same frame, the same skills as Sterling to uh, to lock him down there. Um, Marab has gotten more willing and more better about throwing his hooks in. But he is so pre-programmed to aggressively strike that there's a reason why he sets these takedown records and ends up always breaking his very own takedown records in fights because he's having trouble controlling guys. You know, we saw him get a little frustrated with that with the John Dotson fights and um, against Jose Aldo in a fight that he arguably lost, right? You know, um, again, if we're really going by criteria and what you're doing with these positions, especially if you're not even scoring takedowns or getting to control positions or passes. You know, with at least the Gamrot, you're at least getting takedowns, passes, and strikes, which Gamrot was better about than past performances, hearkening back to that. Uh, but yeah, Marab, he won't Gamrot it, so to speak. He'll be active, which is good, but, you know, unless he's ground and pounding a, a chinny on his way out, Marlon Marais, um, it usually just leads to guys getting back up which I imagine will be the case here because Peter Yan, unlike Marlon Marais and other fighters, he doesn't have a suspect gas tank, right? Um, it's been suspect decisions, um, like cr small, crucial to suspect decisions that have costed him in, in all these fights. Um, let's be honest, he, he won 30-27, at least 29-28 in the O'Malley fight. If you just look at, again, the body kicks, the leg kicks, what's actually landing... You know, you got, you got, you can't listen to the commentary. They're like, you know, I love Anik, but he's like, oh, piston right hand. And it was just like a light lead handed jab. Like, like, you know, like a lot of the times he's, he's rolling with it with a high guard. A lot of this stuff isn't landing, but it looks bad, you know, he, but you know, O'Malley did hit him with a real clean one that probably did, you know, make him think twice, but Jan was immediately back, had to, had to step back and, you know, 
you know, kind of run back and reset like a billion fighters do from a billion weight classes. But, of course, you know, Jan does it like, oh, he's rocked, he's so hurt. And he's like, even though he's like moving and countering and gets the punctuating exchanges, and you know, in that third round. Um, you know, bad decision. And even going back to watch the Sterling one, um, I leaned Sterling rounds one through three, and I even went 10-8 round two live. Less convinced of the 10-8 on the rewatch, but not hating anybody who were to award that out of both the common sense rule, being that common sense, that's not that's not what a 10-9 round should look like. But uh, according to the criteria, it was the damage that it was just kind of in the, you know, uh, it just in that neighborhood of barely clearing past that goalpost, right? That proverbial, subjective, arbitrary goalpost, right? That it lends itself with the criteria, unfortunately. Um, but rewatching it, um, I give the first round to Jan. Uh, not, you know, he, he lands some really good leg kicks that get Aljo to switch dance and actually, you know, uh, you can see some damaging mark there. Um, and some shots as well at the end, even including headshots that uh, I missed the first live go around. Um, and I actually felt like it was, you know, if you miss, if you just happen to miss certain shots, I could see how you could go Aljo. So it's not like a, a bad score if you gave it to Aljo by any means. I gave it to Aljo the first time around, right? But the point, the point I'm trying to say, I'm not trying to die on a hill. The point is, it was close enough to perhaps score uh, for Peter Yan. And then if you don't go 10-8, or if you do go 10-8, then it should be either draw or Peter Yan victory because he clearly wins rounds four and five to the point where. Aljo gets like, you know, if I said someone has two more minutes of control time than somebody, that's probably a lot for a three-round fight and in general, right? But if it's a five-round fight with a lot of grappling and one guy gets five minutes and 31 seconds, the other guy gets seven minutes and 36 seconds or whatever it is, then two minutes is not that much. They both had a lot of control on the other. And in this case, Aljo was the seven and change. Jan was the five and change. Like, we forget that. I know control is not scored and they... they over-exaggerated a bit from a scoring perspective on commentary sometimes because it's so built into our head from so long ago. Um, but he he almost gets as much control time as Aljo and arguably more damage, right? So I'm not trying to be like a Jan Stan who is like, he never lost, he's undefeated in our hearts. Um, like, But very easily those fights could have gone his way, right? So... Um, and again, cardio wasn't, and even in the fight that he lost less controversially against Aljo, a fight that I scored against him. I, again, I scored it for Aljo. I'm not crying over spilled milk. Uh, love Al, love Aljo. Scored it for Aljo. Not, not, not trying to hate. Just again, if we're being honest and critical here, right? Um, but, but, but yeah, like him in a five round, five rounder here, even in the small cage. I think he'll be fine. And especially the fact that Marab, as he's fight, he's cleaned up his striking technique. And Marab's really good at connecting his strikes to his takedowns, which is just classic. Uh, it's been a, everyone's known this forever, but few guys really focus on it as much as they should, much less do it as good. And mixed with his janky timing, it really uh, Marab's janky timing it really throws off fighters, and that ability just becomes just really exponentially really good, really helpful, helping both his striking and his wrestling, which is very flexible. Um. But as he's cleaned up his technique and tried to be more air quote technical, Jan will or Marab will often be on the outside. He'll kind of skirt the outside of the cage and he'll kind of stage his stances and his blitzes for both striking and striking the takedowns. In between, what is he doing? He's he's either pushing against the cage if he can get you there, or he's circling it. And when he's circling it, he is where 
Peter Jan's preferred kill zone between the fence and inner black octagon lines. So between the cage positioning, the wrestling, the cardio, and again, the live left-handed shots that seem perfect for a wrestle wrestle boxing archetype. I got to go with Peter Jan here. Um, He could get the TKO. I officially picked him by decision Um, just because I feel like Marab can survive and get on the wrestling. Uh, But I think he's going to get beat up pretty bad in this one. We'll see. Um, I'm going to go Peter Jan by decision. No plays. Not sure I'll play anything. Feels like more of a... Like, I don't even blame you if you're playing Marab because, again, the judges seem to hate Peter Jan's style. The body work in the counters. I don't know what it is. Um, but that's what it is, you know. That, that's that's what it is, folks. Um, judges I respect, too. I just It's just what it is. Not trying to hurt anybody's feelings. Not trying to say anything crazy. Die on any hills. what it is. Go look at all these controversial decisions and... Guy who's countering more and working the body more is usually the one on the wrong side of it. Um, all right, we got a uh, co-main event time. Alexander Romanov, uh, minus 150. Come back on Alexander Volkov, plus 125. Uh, line open completely opposite. We've done a complete flip, which means you can play Volkov and you don't owe an explanation to nobody. Uh, the dreaded V-word. Shout out to Joey Odessa. Value. Well, you could apply that dreaded V-word here. Volkov is now the value... Side, but minus 150 is still playable. Chalk and Romanov is not getting steamed for no reason. It's probably because, well, on paper, he is a bad matchup for Volkov. It's traditionally been wrestlers to people for to people to get Volkov outside, outside of upsetting, and I'm pretty sure it was an upset odds on and everything of Blagoy Ivanov back in Bellator, and I believe that was like. Blagoy's only first or second fight back from being stabbed. So you got to kind of look into that too. Um, but aside from that upset, um, that's been the traditional way to beat him. You know, he's gotten maybe triangles early on in those kind of wild battles uh, in his Russian regional fights, right? Uh, Volkov's been fighting for a while now. But that's long been the way. However, you can see his improved takedown defense all the way from when he makes his UFC debut because that's around the time when he gets with Black House, who works with a, a guy who I, uh, seems like a wild, crazy character I used to watch in the BJ Penn blogs back in the day, helped him with his wrestling. Kenny Johnson with bolt wrestling uh, at a Black House, worked a lot with Volkov. And you really see that work. The guy really worked diligently on his wrestling. And, um, and yeah, I mean, even, you know, taking Curtis Blades down in round four, who kind of wrestled himself out into a hole. And if it wasn't for Blades' physicality and ability to uh, do folk-style rides, that's not that Romanov can't. And Romanov has things he can chain and can ride and make life miserable as well. But he still has a lot of that, that Eastern European, a lot of Sambo uh, kind of mix in. But uh, it was a lot of Blades' folk-style rides and pressure against the fence that was able to kill the clock a lot in that Volkov fight. Um, and again, Curtis Blades, that was a five-round fight. Curtis Blades has better cardio than most and trains at elevation. Romanov doesn't do any of those things. He's back at home in Ukraine. I guess he he did it. He only came up to Vegas on fight week, but I guess he said he was been in Baltimore for two weeks. Like, I don't know where, who he's training with Baltimore. Like, McNulty from The Wire. I don't know. Landsman. Like, Landsman's your only training partner that's your size up there. Uh... <laughs> 
Shout out to anybody who knows these references from The Wire. But, yeah, like, I, like what is this guy even doing, you know? Like, I don't even see any big guys that he trains with in his gym over, you know, in, uh, not Ukraine, but uh, Moldova. Um, he's been wrestling since he was seven, and that's, you know, obviously being able to wrestle at heavyweight is, is a pr- premium. But, you know, Volkov, man, he's he, he's so much more difficult to take down in that aspect. Um and we saw Tabora, uh, who's not a, a lights out takedown defense, uh, takedown artist or anything like that. The guy is competent and can grind and will be there, right? And uh, you know, even though that should have been a draw, by the way. Shout out to Derek Clear; he was the only person that scored that right. I, I just, you know, shit on the guy, but he actually scored that Tabora Romanov fight right. But uh, but yeah, I mean, um, Tibur Tibura. Um, Volkov was able to even in a, like a, a not and that wasn't even like a great Volkov performance. Like I remember me and many watching that going, is Volkov maybe starting to finally get shot or something now or something? And you know it wasn't as bad as I remembered rewatching it. And yeah, he defends really really well. Um, and the small cage is definitely going to encourage grappling. It's going to favor Romanov. And again, going with the better on paper grappler in the smaller cage. That killed for me the other week, right? That fight night week, the one winning week I've had all year. Um, sadly, but true. Um, so I feel crazy going against it here. Not that I really feel like I, I'm allowed to bet this fight because Volkov's on my no bet list. I feel like I've, I, you know, what my record for Volkov is I, I have a friend, uh, and the friend I'm going with is on Romanov. So I was like, I was like, man, I, uh, uh, if anything, I hope I'd end up on that side. But again, it doesn't matter what I hope. I try to just unbiasedly as I can run these through the proverbial comb and see what I come out with, right? And uh, I, I, was t- I was telling my friend, I was like, good news, bad news, I'm picking Volkov. I'm like, good news, I just did the math, just on Volkov's UFC fights. Not not bets, but picking his fights, I'm 3 for 13, folks. I've only gotten 3 out of his 13 fights correctly. So anybody with a Romanov ticket that you're sweating listening to me on the other side, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. It's me picking Volkov is probably going to ensure that your ticket's going to get across the window, especially if you got that plus money ticket or something playable chalk. You know, all to you. Um, I did play Volkov. I'll probably get better odds on it at my uh, BetMGM house, but the odds are dropping like on round three, like a madman. Everyone has the same thing. So now round two is actually better odds than round three. So I actually just sprinkled on both. Um, I think I got plus 610 or something, plus 620. And then, but like round two was like plus 650. So I just put 17 on both those and I'll get a unit if uh, he makes it out and is able to get the finish. Because Volkov is 3-0 and against UFC level lefties, Tim Johnson. We got dropped with by an uppercut, but out-wrestled Tim. Showed some really good counter-wrestling in round three of that fight that I forgot about. Uh, he beat uh, Walt Harris, of course, striker. And... Um, Blagoy Ivanov, who I previously referenced. One and one against switch stand strikers who mainly fight Southpaw, uh, pieced up Overeem, and then lost to Gon, you know, which is a weird one, right? But that's more of a stylistic matchup. One of the few fights where Gon actually was taking and stealing the initiative from him. And it was a Southpaw who could jab with him, which again, not only is he not got to worry about that with Romanov, Romanov doesn't have very much depth to his striking game, like at all. So, um,. But unlike Tabora, who does this weird like dancing and like he dances and will set up a weird strike that really doesn't have a lot of leverage on it or doesn't look like it should hurt that much, it somehow scores ridiculous with the judges. Uh, Volkov doesn't do that. Volkov jabs with open stances and he fills the space. He fights to his length and brutalizes with bodywork extra in open stance matchups. 
So basically, my thing is here, what I wrote up for is if you have more than a, a right to fire on Volkov live for the plus money, like I said, but I would maybe consider, if you're alive better, waiting to play live because if Romanov does what I think he's going to do, which is storm Volkov's castle in the first, he's either going to finish him or flirt with the 10-8, right? Um, so my pick is pretty much predicated on if he doesn't get out of there, which again, like we saw with Jones and Gone, when you lose those picks, you look like a fucking idiot. But if you win, it's like I told you so city, even though you guys know me. If I win those things, I'm not an I told you so motherfucker, which is the most ironic part. Like, could I get some of the breaks maybe then? Uh, but yeah, um, or down there, whoever's running the show. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so uh, you know, you wait, you probably get an even better plus number, right? Especially if it's like a 10-9 or 10-8 round. Because we've seen Volkov grappled in a dust where other guys, you know, again, three rounds of Curtis Blades, no. Um, he survived that to where... Blades was gasping, and he almost uh, staged a turnaround, right? Um, but Blades has the gas tank and wrestling that Romanov does not. As good as Romanov's wrestling is, his stamina will make everything fall apart as well. Um, so, yeah, that's what the pick is predicated off of, you know? And the live bet could also allow you to hedge out of your Romanov bet if he doesn't get it done in round one and you're scared, right? Or you follow me and you just put a little bit on those round flyers to kind of properly hedge and cover your cover your losses that way because you don't got to give a little to get a lot. So there, there's ways we can all come home winners here, folks. Um, but, yeah, just put me down for round two and three because I don't know if I'll be able to live bet. With A, my luck with live betting, as you guys know, it's like food apps. They just It just doesn't work for me. And B, I'll be in the arena. I don't know what the Internet's going to be like there, right? So, yeah. Um Next fight, I already broke this down, so we'll do this one fast. Nikita Krylov, minus 165. Ryan Spann, comeback, plus 140. Uh, again, dog or pass. Spann is like a live dog, but the wrestling of Krylov will make me want to pick him. Um, I, what did I pick last time? Like, round two TKO? I think I'll pick the same, round two TKO here. Uh, surviving some scares, but Spann, Spann by sub. I don't blame you. Best of luck to you. Um, hopefully we just see more of Span because we just don't really get to see much of him. Obviously, uh, you know, big fan of Coach Safe, uh, you know, those guys. Whether I pick him or not, all respect. But um, yeah, I'm gonna just go with Krylov. No pick. Um, Saeed Nurmagomedov minus two seventy five. Jonathan Martinez, vote for Pedro, baby. Plus two ten. Boy, is 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 third time the charm here, folks. Is third time the charm. I picked Saeed last time. Uh, even though it wasn't looking good for him until he pulled off his guillotine, right? But uh, I took a flyer against Stamen because who, who gets Stamen out of there that fast and that easily? Like, wow, he just fell right into that guillotine again um, without the adversity, right, of the Saeed Yacoub Kachmanov fight. Uh, and then I think I might have took a shot, which I wasn't planning on taking a shot, uh, against Douglas De Silva D'Andrage, specifically picking him to knock him out in round two. And in my defense, he dropped his ass with the hardest shot of the fight in round two, like I called and arguably won the fight anyways, you know? You, you could make a cheeky argument. I wasn't crying over spilt milk, despite my history with the, those kind of things you think I'd be more prone to. Definitely more uh, sensitive slash prone to. I'll come to the table and admit that, but I didn't even on that night. And I'm not even trying to now, but I am just saying for what it's worth. Analysis was on point. Just did the damn time jerk off side of myself, folks. Keeping keeping that same energy. Um, 
But yeah, man, I was looking at this fight and I was like, wow, well, he is 1-0 against UFC level Southpaws, right? That's what I... If we get a matchup versus Southpaw, I will go look at the non-Southpaw against Southpaws. I will scan that sample size, especially if there's UFC sample sizes. The only UFC sample size was Mark Striegel, who, you know, burnt out, you know, a handsome Filipino fella, always rooting for the Pacific Asian uh, Islander brothers from another mother's, right? Uh, no hate there, but let's be honest, not very high-level competition. Um... Showed to be chinny despite not being stopped a lot. He's been rocked plenty of times uh, before, right? So, um, and that was kind of just a weird one. He was on one leg, like, I'm not going to use the F word, but, like, it was a weird, you know, he, he should have won anyways, right? So, no surprise. I didn't, it didn't cost me any money. I'm not crying over anything. But, yeah, it was kind of a weird, weird stoppage, right? Um, and, like, that's one of his main uh, stoppages, that. And then uh, he does the body kick. After hitting many of those to uh, Ricardo Ramos, which forced him to go up, Ricardo Ramos was struggling with weight cuts. Probably should have already moved up, so it was kind of a bit brittle to the body there anyways. Not trying to play that revisionist history game, but there's not very many TKOs on Saeed Nurmagomedov's list, so you kind of got to look at these things, right? Um, Martinez only been stopped the once, but what did he get stopped by? It was the southpaw killer, the left hook, left hooking overhand from a shifting orthodox fighter. I mean... You know, going back to what was it, uh, you know, the James Tony boxing days. Shout out to my guy Connor Rebush, always brings up that example. Um, you know, Masvidal, uh, Darren Till, um, Bisping Rockhold. I mean, I, I've talked about it plenty of times before. We Southpaws, we have this false sense of security over our elite side when someone does get the drop on us there. It's devastating. And, uh, you know, Martinez like, doesn't get rocked all the time or anything like that. Like, that was a shot that would have messed up anybody i know it was from day dangerous david grant we'll talk about it but shortly there ain't that right pop it um <laughs> sorry well i have to turn him into the character from a perverted character from pirates of the caribbean poor david grant doesn't even sound like that but you know me um but yeah again just you know be careful writing jonathan martinez again who already had the propensity for people to write off because he came in on short notice against a guy who people not the best fighter in the world or anything, I'm not saying that, but again, another guy who people unfairly wrote off, uh, Andre Sukumpak, Sukumpak, right? Uh, the Asian sensation, and, you know, gets beat by him, and you see that, you see that 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 bias, right? That stereotyping. Uh, uh, the, 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 the same reason why it's dangerous to go too far off of stats, because you're drawing from a well of faulty information. Same time when you get these bad stereotypes of fighters and they get a win over a guy, and and you forget the context, you forget how good those that fighter or those fighters actually are, and you end up getting Jonathan Martinez either undervalued or people trying to fade him when the bookmakers finally did catch on to what people like me and many were saying. Respect the southpaw striking, uh, underrated ground game. You know, I was trying to tell people that when he was going up against Frankie Signs and stuff, and you know uh, the uh, other Georgian guy who wrestled a lot, Marab's friend. Uh, who he went like over 16 in takedowns against Martinez. Like, Martinez has actually always been really underrated. Even if you go back and look at the takedowns he was giving away early in his career, when again, he was just transitioning to Bantamweight, just transitioning into the UFC as a young man, and just transitioning to a new camp that he is now well established with in Factory X. Yes, he was getting taken down, but he has a knack for reversing things. He does, again, he loves that single leg reversal. And where does he consistently put his hand? under the ass that's right under the ass now for his sake he mainly favors the side where he's putting his head off to the right side which for a right-handed fighter you think that would be bad 
for guillotines, but if you look at it, not that I'm sure Saeed doesn't have a right-handed guillotine, but whether he attempts or actually gets it, they are all 99.9% .9 religiously snatched up with his left side. Uh, but, again, um, could Martinez get subbed? Yeah, I, I could get taxed here like I did with the Stamen fight, right? Um, but even Stamen, you know, granted it was a solo stretch that maybe just tore his knee. Even Stamen had prior sub-losses on his record. Not that that means anything or everything. Uh, but for what it's worth, Martinez does ha not have a submission loss. Um, so, what I'm trying to say is that, again, don't judge too hardly on Davy Grant for that fight, for the context that I gave. And I will also say that even Davy Grant, for even if you are thinking on the low end and fairly of him, uh, he's, you know, as counterable, which we'll get to as his wide swings are, he is still, say what you will about his technique, uh, much more of a boxing threat for power and dangerousness, dangerous Davy, than um, Saeed Nurmagomedov. Saeed is a very hard kicker that goes from both sides and all levels, mainly to the body. You know, I love it. But his punching, you know, isn't there. We haven't even seen him have one of those cheeky Umar and Nurmagomedov moments where you fake the kick and come down with the punch, right? Something that, a uh, technique, by the way, that Jonathan Martinez does. Um, we haven't seen him do that because he is more kicks to wrestling, right? Um, to alleviate that pressure. But if he's not going to have the wrestling to alleviate that pressure, well, then it's going to be a striking fight, right? And... It's long been thought, just like with the Volkov thing, right? We're really going to test these theories. Okay, are, are, is wrestling Volkov at this point of his career really the way to beat him now? You know, unless you were truly lights out and game over? We'll see because it's definitely, uh, you know, has proven to be near game over. Like, it's practically there, Romanov, right? But back to this fight. Is wrestling the way to beat Saeed Nurmagomedov after all we've seen? He's just, you know... From fights where he's doing it quickly or giving us hope, like the Saeed Akub-Hakmaramanov fight, right? Uh, before he gets the guillotine. Like, he's 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 punishing these guys the same way. Yes, early on in his career, he was out-wrestled by, like, Magomed uh, Bibladov, right? Like, uh, in the Russian regionals. Um, but is he is he going to get, is he going to get, you know, is that the way to beat him? Well, Martinez is, isn't going to try to wrestle him. But if he does, you know, if the small cage does encourage grappling or... Uh, Nurmagomedov's hurt, or even if he's not hurt, he just, again, shoots and is probably going to fail on the shot, that could lead to a grappling scenario where, again, Martinez, most of the time, he gets it. Even in his early, when he wasn't as good and statistically poor giving up takedowns part of his career, he had a knack for getting on top. So if anybody has grappling success, it actually is going to be Martinez. And the great part is he's not even going to try, which maybe is good. It's like going for the, you know, it's like wanting to be in a relationship. You, you try, you're not going to get in the relationship. You don't try, all of a sudden the opportunities just start coming, right? But outside of that weird woo-woo talk, essentially we're going to be getting a striking match. And in that, we're going to get someone who wants to kick with Saeed Nurmagomedov. We haven't seen that since he fought Justin Scoggins, who mainly fought him out of a southpaw stance. And I think it was a bad decision. Um, I think that, you know, you look at Saeed Nurmagomedov's face, he doesn't think he won that face. He, he he won that fight, you know, classic. Not just the one guy's upset who thought he won, the guy who won didn't think he won for what that's worth, right? And if you look at what, what happened in that fight, Scoggins mainly fought from Southpaw, and it was kicks and the Southpaw, classic Southpaw counters that was giving uh, Saeed Nurmagomedov a lot of trouble. Now, that fight was over four years ago, Okay. So, oh, Dan's not relevant. Okay, well, out of the sample we got, it's one of the more relevant samples. Yes. 
maybe he wasn't training with Zaruk Adashev, who was his main training partner for this camp and his last camp. I can't see how far they go back. Adashev will fight from both stances, but can fight from southpaw. He is short. He is not as skilled, nor does he have the same style as Martinez. But yes, for what it's worth, he is training with the southpaw. But he just didn't look very comfortable with southpaws, to be honest, um, from what I've seen. And Martinez is going to be going to the body, going to the legs. And whether it was a southpaw uh, or, uh, you know, a southpaw stance that Scoggins was using or people from orthodox stances, um, people were able to bust up uh, Saeed Nurmagomedov's leg pretty good. Um, he doesn't check kicks very well. And Jonathan Martinez, as we saw with his most recent leg kick TKO by the stats, it looks like he's come come sa. Maybe he goes a little more sometimes with the leg kicks, maybe a little less some fights. Maybe the style has a little bit to do with it. But again, you actually have to go and watch the footage. When he kicks, it's impactful. It's meaningful. Even when it's blocked, it hurts. Um, he's got just that great southpaw kind of like Sidichai bodybuilding. And uh, yeah, we could just see like an out of nowhere guy slash out-of-nowhere name and an out-of-nowhere style, maybe that's the style to beat Saeed Nurmagomedov, who, again, you know, if I lose taking the shot, it's going to look dumb because I'm going to have people who are thinking Saeed is related to Khabib going, <laughs> you thought you could be against Dagestani wrestling, bro. Like, that's the worst part about losing to these bets and, and, and going on the opposite side of anybody who has any sort of hype because you just, oh, classic, classic Dan Tom result there, right? Um, so maybe I'm setting myself up here, man. Uh, but I couldn't help it. Not only am I picking Jonathan Martinez, I'm going to play him. I think he can win a decision. I think he can get the better of the grappling. And whether it's a leg kick TKO, a body shot, or just a straight-up knockout from punches, knees, to head kicks, I think he can win. You're going to give me not just plus money, but over 2-1 to one odds. I should probably be waiting and see if the number goes higher. Um, but you guys know me. I'm more about being on the right side. And even though I'm not going to sit here and say, wrong guy favored or nothing like that, and maybe I should wait until I have that strong of a take before I go over my normal unit amount, much less for plus money when I'm already kicking for coverage. I'm already getting the plus money. Why lay more than the unit, Dan? I don't know, man. I just got a feeling on this one, man. I put 1.5 units at plus 225 for a 3.37 return on Jonathan Martinez, baby. Let's see where it goes. Uh, Ricardo Ramos, minus 350. Comeback on Austin Lingo, plus 260. This is one of the few main card fights that I, I didn't wasn't able to run through the tape. Um, no offense to Austin Lingo. Trains with a good camp. Uh, no offense to Ricardo Ramos. Fun fighter to watch. Uh, this fight, just the number and what I'm seeing face value. Unless I see something, nothing's really jumping out to me. So I didn't make it a priority to research before the podcast. Not sure why Victor Petrino and Anton Turcali, the pleasure man, pleasure, pleasure, for pleasure, uh, is a dead even fight. It feels like a dead even fight. I'm sure I have write ups on both those guys if they fought contender series. You guys can go look up. I haven't gotten to yet, but I don't know why this fight's on the fucking main card. It's because it's because it's 205. God forbid we actually open the card up with 135ers or 145ers, you know, uh, like a fail safe or the 135 match behind it or maybe one of the ma many matches that we're going to talk about, you know, on the prelims that could have been it. No, we got to have the big guys, got to force feed us big guys on these fight night main cards because why not? So I am going to reluctantly look into that fight. Not really care. Carl Williams, Lucas Bresky, I think they were both on Contender Series. I can't even remember him. Dunbar's number, right? All I remember about Bresky is he probably should have won his last fight against Bidet if memory serves. He is now the underdog. Um, I'm, I'll am i look into that fight more, and you have to, again, hit me at, at DanTomMMA on fight day. 
this won't be on my quick picks that I'll share there, uh, but it will be on my overall card picks that I share on fight day. Um, so I got no picks or leans there. Josh Fren plus 65. Cedricas Dumas uh, plus 210. Um, I remember Frem, but I just don't remember Dumas, so I can't really weigh in on this. I'm seeing a bunch of people in my timeline playing Dumas. I don't know. It just feels like one of those random contender series prelim bullshit that everybody's going to pile on. Like, don't get me wrong. I Everybody I've seen playing him is friends. So I'm, I'm wishing you guys nothing but the best. Uh, I'm sure this guy's favorite for a reason. I'm sure you'll cash your tickets. I just don't. With this slot, slot man, like, I, I get it. There's maybe those angles, those gems, those prelims that no one's looking at. Maybe you can get an angle. I get it. But uh, I just hate these card structures. I hate these pointless, meaningless fights. And I hate that we feed into the UFC's narrative and we reward them and, like, get overly give a shit. We, we, we give some of these fights way, way too much credit than we should. And, like, why are we even betting some of these fights? Like, who, who fucking knows with some of these fighters, man? Um, Mario Bautista minus 1100 Guido Canetti plus 650 I know because of this line I should have not have picked this research this fight but I actually did just in case because um, Mario Bautista he is a really good fighter but I don't know if he should be at that big of a line even if over Guido Canetti especially the fact that he's 0-1 against UFC level southpaws and when I went to watch back it wasn't just the lead hand shovel hook from a southpaw very unique punch and lead that got um Bautista as he was coming in. But the whole first round, because knockout comes in the second round. The whole first round against Jones, the only UFC level southpaw that he's faced. Um, of course he faces some in the gym, I'm sure. Um maybe got some time with Benson in this camp, I don't know. But uh Trevin Jones, as low output as that guy is, he's like I think it's like at a certain point he gets like 19 or 20 to 5, like 4 to 1 in kicks, just just in the first round. Like 20, upwards of 20 kicks. Trevin Jones, just in the first round. L- low output, 5-star Trevin Jones, right? I'm not trying to shit on the guy, but the guy's not a high output guy. Um, and when you watch those kicks, as well as other kicks, because I went to watch other fights from Bautista as well, um, doesn't show strong kick checks or strong kick defense. Um... That being said, even though part of me wanted to maybe take a cheeky stab uh, on Toutmaster and a te- cheeky stab on the money line for Kennedy, but pick Batista, obviously. Um, when I went back to watch Kennedy, even though he does have the check hooks to stuff to keep him uh, honest outside of the obvious kicking threats that'll be live here, um, Kennedy just gets backed up to the fence way too easily. And with Batista wanting to fight smart and wrestle, and uh, I don't know, did he just get a black belt, I believe? His Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt? Like, that's hard to go against that. So I'll go Batista to get it to the ground, but ain't no way I'm playing any Batista here. Um, Rafael, I'm going to try to speed through the rest of this because he's bathroom. Rafael Sunsal, plus 115. Dangerous Davey Grante, minus 140. Dangerous Davey, throwing bones. Davey Grant hasn't really fought a fighter like a Sunsal or a fighter with as much counter-fighting savvy, so... It's kind of hard to say. I don't think I'm gonna make it actually, folks. So I'm gonna I'm gonna pause real quick actually. Uh, I'll be right back. Let me see if I can get um, UFC Las Vegas. All right, be right back.
All right, and I'm back. Sorry about that. Yeah, uh, let's, let's, let's be through the rest of this too, nonetheless. Um, so I know there's bias on this one. I probably could have just played uh, a Sun Sal and just moved on. But uh, I countered so hard against it, despite, you know, again, a Sun Sal being one of the few guys at Extreme Couture that actually went out of the way to, like, talk to you and this and that. I'm such a big fan. And I'm bad with biases to where I'll overcorrect the steering wheel the opposite way. And I didn't bet or anything, so there's no money lost. But uh, I definitely felt bad at picking. You know, it was one of those things where I was like, ah, I don't want to show the bias too hard or whatever. And a sudden sound goes out and shows that he still has it. That he, he's not one to make excuses, but he was going through a lot of stuff physically, emotionally, personally, right? Um, and the results kind of matched it. Um, and he goes out there and shows that he's not shot. His timing is still on point. Um, he's just been staying and grinding over to Extreme Couture really having a new feel in life for the game, helping the other pros, um, really imp even just improving his wrestling and stuff, which is gr a great, great addition um, to his game, working with the young guys like uh, Mateus uh, Camille, Camille um, guy on my prospect list to watch out for. Um, and, uh, and yeah, whereas Davey Grant, um, and, and he didn't show a tire at all, which was another thing, like, when you're older. It's like, okay, your gas tank going to go, especially at those lighter divisions. It's like, no, he kept a really good pace against Victor Henry and was able to control it. Whereas Davey Grant, even though he, he, you know, he was always a prep guy. Like, he had a lot of years where, after tough folks, he, he had, like, years and years off where, like, he had health issues. Like, is this guy going to come back? He's an older dude, both looking older. Because um, he's dangerous, Davey. They have been hanging out in the depths of Davey Jones' locker. How do you think I'm going to fail? Um, but yeah, like, you know, and he's just is an older guy, runs a restaurant, you're like, he runs his own gym. And then he starts overachieving. He be beats the Hawaiian kid who, you know, ended up, you know, kind of washing out, no offense to him. Um, didn't have this, the chin you would stereotype with our people, right? He, you know, he got finished a lot, but not to take away from Davey, I'm just saying. And he gets a really good finish over Jonathan Martinez. And I wasn't trying to take away from Davey earlier. I was just saying it was a perfect and beautiful shot. Um, gets a split with Yanez, loses a split, but I don't think it really should have been a split, right? Uh, Marlon Vera, of course, just takes heaps of damage uh, with elbows and other things um, and, and whatnot. Uh, and then he beats uh, Luis Smolka, which uh, yeah, I'm a big Luis Smolka fan, but uh, yeah, that was a that was a pretty bad matchup, right? And even then, you know, Luis Smolka, despite getting like bombed on in the first round, he's having moments in the second because Davy is kind of. Uh, still having to pick up the pack. I don't know if it's because he's getting older. It's because, you know, it's not like he's a, you know, he's a conditioning. He's like Diego Sanchez. It's not like that's something he was known for. But I just, I just didn't see him as, as a guy to get tired, so to say. And they also say in it, like, well, he did take this fight on five weeks' notice. And again, this is a guy who I felt like almost needed, like, to be a perfectionist from listening to his interviews to, like, all the stuff he's been through at his age. The fact that, you know, he's got a restaurant, his own gym, he doesn't really need this. So if you are going to do it, you might as well be healthy. You know, only compete if you're healthy. So I don't know if it's just, like, you know, that he's posted a picture with his family. Like, I miss my family being out here in, in, in Vegas because he just came out, like, two weeks ago uh, to train at Syndicate, which he's trained at before. And he went to the UFC PI to get a bunch of tests run. And like they do because people drop out. And with managers and everybody managing by the same, you know, handful of guys, um, it's if you're stationed in Vegas or you happen to be traveling through, like you'll get offered a fight. And I wonder if that's what happened to David because one of the posts was like, "Oh, I miss my family training." He's like, "But that's why I'm out here is hopefully I can make a better future for them." And I'm like, you know, just like um, 
I'm like, why are they making this fight with Guido Tagani Batista? Like, I, I said that a, a lot of fights with Batista and a lot of fights in general. Hence, again, I'm not trying to be a dick to the matchmakers, but it's it's a common thing for a reason, folks, right? Um, but Kennedy was like, he actually asked for tough fights in his last fight. He's like, I'm not, I'm old. I'm not. I don't know how much longer I'm going to be here. Maybe it's the same thing with Davy Grant, right? He's like, I just got to make money while the sun is shining. So now we're seeing him take fights on short notice. And even though he didn't pay for it, he was able to recover. Um, it looked, it started to actually, I didn't remember, but it actually started to look really bad at one point. You know, if, if it was maybe another fighter than Luis, no offense to Luis, could have perhaps capitalized on Davy there. And that was five weeks, right? This fight is roughly two, if you want to be kind, three weeks, but really it's two weeks. Because it's only two weeks ago it was announced on his Instagram, right? Only two weeks ago when he even came to Vegas. Not even maybe the full intention of the fight for all we know. And one of those weeks is weight cutting. Right? He's not a small guy. Everybody has to weight cut and kind of taper off the training the week of anyways. So how much is he really out here training, right? He's training with former opponents of uh, the person he's... Maybe not, actually. Uh, Vince Vendetta never fought Rafael Sunsau. But... Um, I don't know if any of these guys are southpaws or guys that can switch to southpaws so seamlessly like a Sun Tzu can, right? Um, Davy Grant, I was just talking about his wide swinging hooks, and I said Paige note that because he's never really fought a precise counter fighter who can find those shots, those crosses and hooks from both stances in between, even at this age and advanced setting and stage of his career. Um, better wrestler, better grappler, was actually training for this fight. Davey, again, just, just got just got here a couple weeks ago from England. You know, was already missing home. Afailer Sunsau already made home out here. He's been here. He doesn't have to go anywhere. We got the small cages to, 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 to train at. Um, and the big cages at Extreme. You know? So, uh, yeah, it, it, to him to open as an underdog, I, I took it at plus 120. And I was only going to go, you know, again... I went 1.5 here as well. This was after I already went 1.5 on Martinez, but also the way I look at it, uh, one will cover the other. I just need one of these to hit if I go 1.5 on each for the price that they're both at. And uh, we get in the black either way. You know, one by a much bigger margin, hopefully both. But that's where I'm at, baby. That's where I'm at. Uh, Ariana Lipsky, plus 260. JJ, JJ Aldridge, uh, minus 350. Uh, I still got to look at Lipsky, Southpaw record. Um, I don't think I'll be touching this fight though. I wish I saw it earlier. Again, those the CLV boys, like back in like January, like or early February or something. Whenever this line dropped, it was like minus one forty Aldridge. I would have been all over it too. But again, I barely have enough time to get through what's on my plate this week. So I'm so jealous of you motherfuckers. I have nothing better to do but look for WMMA lines months out. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm I am shitting on you, but I'm also jealous of you at the same time. Yes, you know. So. <laughs> Um, Carlston Harris, Jared Gooden. Uh, Jared Gooden just took this fight on um, short notice. So uh, let's let's uh, let's keep that in mind when you're both handicapping this fight. And uh, and again, whether it's uh, I'll, I got to keep that same energy. Uh, you know, uh, for a guy I don't know that I do with the guys that I do know. You know, uh, I don't know Jared Gooden or whatever, but I'm saying like it, whether these guys miss weight or they pop for drugs or recreational shit that has nothing to do with the fight. Keep in mind, folks, before we we, we go and blast these blast these people relentlessly. 
uh, on our social accounts. Like they're taking these fights on short notice. They're human. They're, they're they're fucking human beings at the end of the day. Aren't getting paid enough for this shit. So go easy on them. Uh, I haven't looked into that fight. Um, but yeah, small cage. Carlson Harris likes to fight in the clinch. Um, either a boring decision win for Harris or maybe an upset KO for Gooden. Who knows? Uh, Gravely plus 115. Victor Henry minus 140. Competitive line here, which I get. Um, I'm going to lean toward Henry, but I didn't look into this fight. Uh, lastly but not leastly, Bruno Gustavo da Silva minus 210. Tyson Nam plus 170. Um, I'm going to be leaning toward Nam, but uh, I haven't looked into this fight. A, and I looked into it enough B to well maybe he is a southpaw that just lists himself as orthodox but yeah uh, Bruno Silva is orthodox fighter I, I, I look for Nam against southpaws again he just lights up southpaws as proven uh, as the plus 400s and plus 500s that I've cashed in his UFC career uh, has proven um, so that's what I'm going to look for when I go to the Bruno tape but don't be surprised to see a Nam pick I just don't know if I'll get there for a play, playing underdogs haven't been good to me. Unless it's the ones where, you know, I lean and don't play like the week before. And then it walks me into a trap like last week. Again, classic classic Dan Dom stuff, right? Like, I don't ask for much. I wasn't sore about my leans not cashing. I took it in stride. Had reasonings for jumping on the ones for the next week. But, of course, ugh, 0-3 in those straight plays. So, we'll see. Not, not, not too confident right now with my results. But uh, let's recap before we uh, go clean up in the chat. Thank you for those of you joining me on this long-ass breakdown. Um, and shit. All right. Uh, Bellator. Probably taking, uh, obviously, Nermaga Madoff over Henderson. Probably taking Moldovsky over Vassell. Probably taking Shabley over Musayev. T probably taking, well, we'll see. Uh, we'll see where I end up for Paige and... Uh, Goiti Yamauchi. Check my Quick Picks article that'll be dropping Friday daytime, fight day for Bellator. Uh, for Saturday's fight, UFC Fight Night 221, taking Jan over Davalashvili, taking Volkov over Romanov, taking Krylov over Span, taking Vote for Pedro Martinez over Saeed Nurmagomedov. Um, we'll probably take Ramos over Lingo, but you gotta check my main card, Quick Picks. Um... I don't know, probably end up on Pleasure Man over Petrino, but who the fuck knows? Check my uh, main card quick picks on Fight Day. Um, who knows what I'll take between Bresky and Williams? Just check out my Twitter feed, at DanTomMMA, on the Fight Day, uh, as well as for Dumas Fremd. Um, taking Batista over Kennedy, but I do think that Kennedy is much livelier than the odds speak, which I know it's not really a crazy thing to say, but also whatever. Uh, taking Asensa over Davey Grande. Um, we'll probably take Harris over Gooden, but who knows? I wouldn't invest heavily in that fight. Leaning Henry over Gravely, but check me on fight day. Leaning Nam over Silva, but again, check me at Dan Tom and May on fight day. As far as plays go, uh, the only things I'm on is, uh... Martinez plus 225, 1.5 units. Asunsao plus 120, 1.5 units. Uh, sprinkled on Volkov, round 2, plus 650.17U. Round 3, plus 620.17U. See if I can get better odds on that at BetMGM. Um, but I don't think I'll be able to watch out for the live bet that I recommended as a potential hedge. Or if you did want to play Volkov but want to save yourself a possible loss on a one-round castle storming. 
If I do do round robins, maybe I'll do like a Volkov round prop. Maybe I'll just put Martinez in there straight up. Um, maybe I do a Sun Sal by decision in there or something. Those will be maybe two or three of the legs will be some kind of version of that more than likely. Um, again, check me at Dan Tom and May on Fight Day. See where I ended up. Thank you for chilling with me for another uh, big recap and breakdown. Hopefully we have better luck this week. Uh, I'll be there live. Uh, going to try to enjoy myself. Get through this week. Late night of Bellator studies for me. I wish all the best for you. Hopefully you're healthy, enjoying the finer things in life, and always remembering to protect and